0: Salutations. Welcome to Constellation. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined as always, as you will find out, you don't know yet because we haven't done more than one episode, (laughs) but by my brother, Dagan Moriarty. Dagan, let me kick it over to you real quick. How are you doing today, my friend? Yo, how are you? The maiden voyage. Mm. What could go wrong? Choo choo. (laughs) It's the (laughs) wrong noise, right? I don't know what 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 noise is. I like voyage, sail voyage
1: and you think a train that was really that's really odd.
0: Yeah, it was. It was weird. It's like, uh, do you know that Kim? I think it was Kim Il-sung, the founder of North Korea, was afraid to fly. So when he would go to Moscow, he would take a train all the way from Pyongyang to Moscow, hmm. which is That's fucking insane. insane. That's I'm a, glad it's just absolutely insane. insane.
2: We got Kim Il-sung in within the first minute of the first episode. So I know, we're going well. To,
0: shout out to Kim Il-sung.
1: <laughs> first shout uh, on Constellation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> An RIP.
0: Um. So constellation is this idea that I had and we're going to get to our other guests. Don't worry about it in just a moment. But people might remember I used to do a show where we would just talk about whatever. And I left that place a while ago and I'm just taking the idea with me. So we're going to do a show where everyone's going to come with their own topic and we're going to discuss it. And the topics can be whatever you want them to be. And they can be serious. They can be funny. They can be light. They can be heavy. Um, They can be ethereal and philosophical. They can be literal and educational. I don't care what they are. And as people have already seen coming into the show, we have a a hodgepodge of things to talk about this week. So that's the idea. That's the spirit of the show. And Dagan and I, of course, knockback. We do our retro and nostalgia podcast. That's going every other week now. And in those interstitial weeks, we're going to put this show Constellation. Why did I call Constellation? Because. I want to take Dagan and I and have other LSM members in different permutations come and join us for these various episodes. So today, the Constellation, as it were, is Sacred Symbols Cross Knockback. We'll have the Dukes on. We'll have Ben on. We'll have others on, of course, guests outside. I was thinking, Dagan, we should definitely have PJ, your best friend, on at some point. That would be be hysterical. That would be awesome. And he was uh, I was I was messaging with him the other day because he was asking for videos of my dogs for his daughters or daughter, his adopted daughters. And uh, they had he, he said they just discovered the breed. I was like, oh, well, you have oh. have a lot of fun. You're going to have a lot of fun, my friend. So with that said, all of that out of the way, Dagan, mm-hmm. I'm going to now turn it over to our guests and introduce them for this episode of Constellation. It is, of course, the Sacred Boys. Chris Raygun, good to see you, my friend. As far as I know, you have never done a podcast with Dagan except for in person. Yeah, so this is an interesting permutation already. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Just uh, this is
3: going to be a common intro for me. But uh, I, again, just got back from the gym. I'm doing this this a lot. I'm doing this a lot. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just it's real. It's just it just happens to be when we record these. You're like a broken NPC or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I get it. (laughs) It's, Do you it's, have anything
3: else? No, <laughs> because it's the start of my day. But uh, I
0: know, no, Dude, I'm, that's incredible.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. You know, just, just hang. I like how when you described like what this is, you basically mm. described a podcast. Yep. Like the original, like the, the original, original like like what a podcast originally was. Like we have a lot of, we're in a late stage, we're in the late stages mm. of podcasting now where there's like, the, mm. here's a, here's a podcast about a very specific thing or like, right, right. like, here's like, a, here's a, a podcast around a theme,
0: you know, but back in the day, it was all just exactly this. It was, it was whatever. That's totally true. Yeah. My, the first podcast I ever really did regularly, regularly was a podcast. Some people might remember called three red lights. And that was an IGN podcast ostensibly about Xbox 360. But it was a fucking disaster. That show (laughs) was so funny. And I I can't even imagine that that show is available anymore because I was going to ask. I wonder. I mean, it's that was the one where we called. My favorite moment was when Hillary Goldstein, who was one of the co-hosts, pretended he was Cobra Commander and called Xbox customer support to get help on his 360. And I know that that recording is still on YouTube and gets circulated constantly, which is an hysterical moment. Because they ask him what his first name is and he's like Cobra and his last name is Commander and they and they're just it's so good. It's pretty good. You're right, Chris. It's funny because when I came up with the old show idea, people said the same exact thing and I always retorted that is true. But I don't know that the idea was that each individual brings something random to the table to talk about. Maybe that was the, the origin story of it. But I can't even remember.
3: I don't think it's when I, I don't discovered think,
0: or listened to them. Yeah, I don't podcast. think it's.
3: I don't think it was like a written rule. I think it was just kind mm. of like, oh, we're going to be on a podcast. I should have something to talk about, and then just sort of people would just sort of, you know, just just uh, bounce off of each other in that way. I mean, that's kind of what the Snark Tank is. I mean, that's more current events, uh, and we sort of bounce off of
0: each other's opinions on those things. But
3: yeah, it's it's going to be a different. You're right. Flavor. You're right.
0: Yeah, it is. It's going to be fun, and I'm. I know people are eager to hear more about non game stuff from us, Dagan and I especially go off the deep end on knockback and we just don't talk <laughs> about anything sometimes for a really long period of time. But we actually do that for probably an hour or so on Sacred Symbols. In my mind, I had this idea my mind. I had this idea that we would get re- like slowly tamper that stuff, tamp that stuff down. But I actually don't think that's going to happen. What I actually think is going to happen is now this show will exist in addition. Yeah. To all of the other nonsense. And we're probably not going to be talking about very much. It's gonna be fun. I'm really excited <laughs> about it. Dustin Furman, we haven't heard from you in a while at all, actually. How are you today? I, I shouted
2: that's out. Enough. I helped you shout out Kim Il-sung or whatever.
0: Oh, you did. That's uh, right. I'm sorry.
2: You know, right. but here's the thing, Colin. I was maybe there's a little hope that maybe you just in- introduced me before Chris. And, and it's no disrespect against Chris, but he always gets introduced first on sacred symbols and he deserves it. Right. He's earned that right. But this is a new playing field right now.
0: Maybe a bit of a shakeup. But you know, that's that's completely fine. It's alright. Yeah, I've moved on. (laughs) I understand that. That's true. I am. I have an inclination towards doing the same things and over and over again. Much like Chris getting up and going to the gym and then going back to sleep. Yeah. Right. And for me, I I introduce you second here. But imagine a situation where it's Dagan and I and you and Ben. Who knows?
2: Goodness, if if you 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 introduce Ben before me. Um, <laughs> it's over at that point. But here's the wow. thing. Now, uh, Chris brought up the idea about that. This is the the podcast. The the podcast idea, and it's it's always a joke. Like when people start a podcast, people hear one and they're like, "Oh, me and my friends, we can do that. Like we can do this." And then they get on the mm-hmm. mic and they realize they can't. And I think while wow, this
0: you're fucking dunking on them. No, I'm just. <laughs> okay.
2: I was that person at one point. Yeah. You know, that's everyone's got to start somewhere. And so while this may seem like the most obvious podcast idea ever or to just do something off topic, I feel like this is what the audience wants. We've maybe we've earned this. Maybe we haven't. I don't know. Maybe this will be terrible. I feel good about it so far, though.
0: I'm a little frustrated that I'm getting a lot of feedback that I received years ago for the same show ideas. Like when I came up with the morning show idea to do like a morning show on Twitch, everyone's like, that's not a good idea. And I'm like, then where was it? Where was anyone doing it?
2: i Who's before, saying this is a bad before? idea?
0: That's all I'm trying to say. Now I'm now I'm getting a little upset. Oh, also I'm wearing my my new 311 sweatshirt. <laughs> nice transistor sweatshirt. Nice. Hold, nice. Hold up! Hold up! Hold Yeah. What are yeah, you yeah. upset George about? Is, George is getting upset. I'm, I'm 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 really not upset at all. I don't get upset Let's anymore. The, the lexapro has kicked that right out of me. Believe me. <laughs> Good. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just totally even. Don't worry mm. about me fucking bubbling rage underneath mm. Good now Lord. the topics we want to go over this week I'm excited about uh, but Dustin I think your topic is most appropriate to begin with and so mm. well, we will start with you please introduce it and what shall we discuss on your behalf this week
2: so if you're listening to this at the time of release it is January 2nd of course the day after New Year's Day mm. and of course what's fresh on everybody's mind and maybe this is too obvious, but I feel like there's a lot of different ways that we can break this down, is New Year's resolutions. Now, I didn't ask you guys to come up with some of your own or or whatever. I'm just curious about what you guys think about this process, because I find, especially as I get older, that it is uh, very divisive, how people feel about it. Some people get enraged at the very idea <laughs> of trying to come up with them. And <laughs> and for me personally, I feel like that's... um. A bit of a defeatist attitude because I used to feel that way because you you make these lofty goals and you never meet them I think that that's kind of the the thing that happens for a lot of people you make these goals at the beginning of the year you don't stick with them and then the next year comes around and you're like wow I'm a fucking idiot I couldn't do even the the simplest goal and oh I, I I've already screwed up because the the term we use is resolution and so I've kind of tried to refigure this out in my mind where I'm not necessarily trying to dramatically change my life every year. But I feel like, you know, the beginning of the year is a good time to kind of realign yourself, to try, try to at least point yourself in the right direction towards something. And so, I have some other thoughts as well, but I've I've spoken enough. So I I'm, I'm curious, what do you guys think? Are you also uh engaging in some some New Year's resolutions?
0: Hmm. Well, I'll start I guess and say I am I am anti New Year's resolution, not in a violent way, Mm. not in some sort of aggressive way, but in the sense that I'm with you here. I don't feel like it really does anything for me. It doesn't fit within the parameters of my life because I'm pretty focused anyway and pretty OCD about things when things need to happen. They do happen. So it would be weird for me to say, like, well, on January 1st, I'm going to start exercising. I used to do shit like that. And obviously, like you said, it never came to pass. And so I think rather it's about. Um, developing these sort of cadences and patterns that are more healthy. But here's my big problem with the New Year's resolution. Oh. What even is this year that we're that we, we are conducting? I'm really kind of getting upset about it because <laughs> it seems really it seems. <laughs> oh, God, I'm really upset today. It seems really arbitrary that the, the I think the winter solstice in 2022 is December 21st, but then we go on another 10 days and then we start the year. It's like it's just this arbitrary ping ponging yeah. around. And, and as we go around, our orbit around the, around the sun, and I'm just like, well, what what about that is so important that we need to identify that as something that we need to do better the next the next time around? Just seems a little bit arbitrary and capricious to me.
2: I feel like that <laughs> argument is arbitrary, honestly. Yeah, it could be. I think that yeah. you know, just whatever. It's this is the time that everyone, you know, the the Gregorian monks or whatever got together and decided <laughs> this is the time where we we start a new year, and we've all commonly agreed this is the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the Solstice, yeah, maybe maybe it could work out a little better, but then we'd have a, a different the the, the calendar would have to change drastically.
0: Anyway, that's not the point. But yeah, well, dude, I mean, when the when the Julian calendar turned into the Gregorian calendar, because the Julian calendar, if anyone doesn't know about this, it was fucking so wrong that they would literally just have like weeks of time that didn't exist, basically, where they're like, <laughs> yeah. we have to just go a few weeks out. That's literally what they used to do. They'd be like. Um, we are so far ahead of where we're supposed to be in orbit based on this like bad math that we need to go twenty days without counting time. And they'd have these like interstitial that's periods. That's insane. That's and that then be like, all right, now the calendar starts again. That's the whole that's what I'm saying, is like it's just it's infuriating. Dude, the, the Russians and other parts of the world, if you see OS and NS next to I don't know if you guys have seen that next to dates, especially Russian dates, it's because the Russians never change to the new style from the old style calendar until oh the early 20th century. So their dates are totally off from ours. So, for instance, there is a February revolution, but it actually happened in March. Oh, if you count if you count the calendar. So like when the Bolsheviks started taking power, that actually happened in February in in the Soviet Union and March everywhere else in the world. And that's the whole point I was trying to make about how much I hate it. Diggin. it seems like you have something you want to say.
1: Oh, no. I mean, you know what? I wasn't even thinking about New Year's resolutions this year until Dustin gave us his topic. And then, of course, it got the wheels turning, got the gears cranking a little bit. Dustin, I have to say, to start with, I like your positivity because, Thank you. first of all, let's just, this is how it's going to be. This is going to be the dynamic. I'm going to be the old man. So I'm just going to jump right into the old man role on the podcast. When I was your age, <laughs> you're going to hear that a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Dustin, when I was your age, I was really cynical about New Year's resolutions. I remember that very specifically. But as I've gotten older, you know, the big thaw, I've definitely warmed up to the idea. And I mean, I understand the arbitrary, na- seeming arbitrary nature of things, right? Like you could say, all right, well, why can't I turn over a new leaf or commit to a new thing on May 17th? And then I'll just go to May 17th the following year, and then we could <laughs> celebrate the anniversary of this success or whatever. But I think Dustin touched on this already a little bit. Like it's everybody at the starting line together. That's kind of the excitement. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? I like the sort of energy into like, all right, self-improvement, betterment. What can I do better? How can I be happier? All that kind of thing. And of course, like the start of a new year, right? That four-digit number, it's a clean, it's clean nice mm-hmm. line of demarcation. But then you kind of set off to whatever. you You think of something and maybe it's been on your mind and you're like, all right, that's that's the the deadline. I have to start it, you know, January 1st. That's what I got to do. So, for me, I, my blood sugar is high, right? Again, old man stuff, right? So, I've been doing all right, though. Like, I, I mm-hmm. managed to cut down the carbs. That's, you know, my Italian side and everything. A little difficult, but I got there. The sweets, but I like my coffee. You know, I like my coffee light and sweet, but I still got the oh, sugar in the coffee. I was going to say, is coffee so. bad for that? Because I'm yeah. fucked. Well... I don't think (laughs) caffeine, (laughs) caffeine's okay, I think, for me anyway, but the cream and the sugar, right? I like it light and sweet, so it's like, I need that, well, I like it light and sweet, and I like it light and sweet,
0: you know what (laughs) I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think I know what you mean. (laughs) 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 You think.
1: But uh, yeah, so I have to go over to Black Coffee, and I'm notoriously like one of those dudes, it's like black coffee is like some cowboy shit. Like, I don't even understand the appeal of it.
0: And I get yeah, like, you wake up around the campfire and you just <gasps> yeah, pour, like, you like pour beans, some you into your, your tin. Black coffee. Oh yeah, no, my right? God. I love black coffee. That's so, Did interesting. You really? yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I drink like just straight espresso. Like, oh, like yeah. and just like black, just black coffee. Like I, I'm a big, like, I don't like coffee. I'm not a big coffee person necessarily, but like when it's around, like, cause I have uh, some friends of mine who will, he's really good at like brewing his own, like uh, Cuban espresso and like whatever he's, good. he always like, he's like, Hey, you want some espresso? It's like, absolutely. And I actually, <laughs> I like, I like it. Um, Caffeine itself doesn't do much for me anymore or I'm not, I'm actually not sure if it ever did to be honest, but I still like coffee, especially black coffee. I don't know. I, I've never gotten into port, like the milk and the sugar and all that. I don't know. See, I would anoint you, Chris, a real mm. coffee
1: lover then. And I, I question that. Like, do I, how much do I really like coffee if I need all the half and half and I need the two spoonfuls of sugar? Right. How much right. do I really like coffee? So I have that's to channel gonna, a little bit of that about. energy into like, oh my God. Espresso, really good beans, maybe brewing. Yeah. Cause yeah. I have to, that's cut the it thing,
2: Dagan is that you have to keep in mind that if you're drinking coffee in a a more raw form, then the quality of the base needs
1: to be much higher. So, I think that's absolutely right.
2: That's something oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And hot.
3: Yeah,
1: I think I think that's the other thing. Hot. Have it super. The temperature is going to play into the
0: whole thing. But you don't like things that are super hot, right? No,
1: I do. I, that's the
0: thing with coffee. Oh, I you guess... don't like hot showers. That's what no, it is. No, not a hot yeah, shower you're... guy. What does, like, does that right. mean? That's...
1: Wait, what do you mean? Wait, what does this I, mean? I have to have my shower, Chris, tepid. Lukewarm at best. <laughs> <laughs> Lukewarm? <laughs> you're saying <laughs> <tepid> <laughs> can't stand a hot shower. shower. Can't it's stand tepid. it.
3: That's I go into wild. the
1: bathroom after my wife's done with her hot shower and I came and be in there. That <laughs> is, that
3: is, that is wild. I, I boil myself alive in
0: that, in that room. <laughs> Me too, man. Oh yeah. Definitely. My
1: kids do that too. They come out like lobsters
0: I and I, th- I know most
1: people are into that. Yeah, I can't. And not, not long. I can't. Well, obviously I can't stay in there
0: long cause the water's freezing. Dude. I'll, oh my dude, I'd live in the shower if I could. Yeah. You're the same high. way. I'd fucking straight up live in there. The only reason that I started, dad used to get so mad growing up. He, my our dad would literally come upstairs and knock on the door and be like, "You need to get out of the shower." <laughs> like, doesn't your skin get dry? Because <laughs> we, we, we were in there for two, especially Allie. She I think the skin summer. would get dry from the heat. No, yeah.
2: If I take an extra hot shower, then I feel like I gotta I gotta moisten up afterwards. Like completely. No, what do you mean? But there's body steam. lotion.
3: There, no, there's steam, and it's keeping it's. There you don't get it's dry in a in a fucking. Hot shower? That's insane. Yes, you do. You guys are on right? this one. I got to say, yeah. I'm with D, D on this one. Hot, hot shower e- equals dry skin. I mm-hmm. can't even I can't even conceptualize how this is possible. <laughs> like, like, Let alone how you believe this. I feel the same way. And I got to have the Dove Bar. I, it's all old man wait, stuff. Wait, wait, dove wait, bar. I have to, I have to Colin, when you, yeah, take, please. when you take hot showers,
0: are you dry after? <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. I don't even know not what you are talking about. Uh, I, I, it's just, are you? You don't shower with ocean water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, 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 know, I,
3: Dustin, I know what you mean, Dustin. I, I know you're not talking about like, oh, literally. Obviously, you're taking yeah. a shower. You're wet. You're not dry. What I mean right. is like, your your skin doesn't get any more dry just because you've taken a hot shower. Like, it absolutely
2: does. Listen, if you do, search, if you search, hot shower, dry skin, every single one. Hot showers are bad for your skin. Hot showers I can dry out your that. skin. Seven ways well, hot showers damage your skin and hair. Dry skin after a shower. It's it's like a list. But do you? Feel, me ask you, but, do you but do you? But do you? But do you moisturize? If I take a hot shower, yes. Mm. No, but do you moisturize in general? In the oh, winter, yes. Yeah, in the winter, you've yeah. got to moisturize. In the winter, You got to right? yes. do that. Yes.
0: You got to moisturize. Wait, so minute,
3: all three of make... you
1: guys moisturize? Oh, I moisturize all the time. But you're so much younger than me, and I don't moisturize.
0: I'm like my body's like a slip and slide. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong.
3: Well, no. The thing is, it's like uh, I don't know, man. I I just uh, I it's a routine for me. Like I need I need the lotion, and I, you know I, I I need that. Like I, mm. I, I gotta I gotta moisturize. I don't know what it is. Me too. I, I mm. think my ha- my mom specifically, hammered that into me. It's like it's gonna it's gonna be good for your skin. Trust me. I'm like, all right, I guess. Um, it's the I guess it's hot just a showers, habit now. Right? <laughs> <That's so laughs> it's weird. the that's hot so... shower. If you take tepid showers, that's why I don't have to moisturize.
0: Yeah, I guess that is true. But I <laughs> see. Here's the thing. That, I guess what's bad is that I. Sometimes I roll a joint and I go in the shower and I'm in there for like 45 minutes. Wait
3: a second. Oh, forget it, dude. I'm in there for. I, I have absolutely taken like two hour showers before. Oh, yeah. Like oh, a million when, I was, when I was
0: in college or lived in apartments where where water was like in L.A. where they didn't, you didn't pay for water. I'm like, I'm I'm fucking staying in the shower all day, baby. Or when I'm in a, when I'm in a hotel, I don't give a shit. You oh, know? yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you leave that running when you're not even
2: in
3: it. Just cause? Oh, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. paying yeah. for it. Dude,
0: I would do that. Where yeah. if I needed my clothes were wrinkled, I would just run the shower On. really hot and then put my clothes <laughs> in. Oh, no, I, d- I would do that
3: too because it's the steam would get rid of the wrinkles. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That exactly. That yeah, really it, is it an incredible waste
0: oh. of Colorado River's precious resources? Yes. Listen, oh, man, but yeah. I did it nonetheless. You can't waste water. It always comes back. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Do- yes. <laughs> what what do they say? Can, nothing can be created nor destroyed. Yeah, right. You can't. It, yeah. yeah
3: I, I resent this notion that you could waste water at all. If we're wasting so much water, how, how are the sea levels rising? Huh? Riddle me this.
0: Where's all that water that we're supposedly it's wasting? True. going? I feel that it's true. We should start desalinating some of it to get it out of the ocean. But that's, that's I have too long smart. said that we should just boil the ocean a little bit. Oh, you and I have a you yeah. and I share an absolute hatred of the ocean. Not not in we talk about it on sacred symbols quite often, like where if there was a total like uh, complete destruction, a genocide in the ocean of all the ocean's creatures, I'd be like, that's fine. Oh, you know? my goodness. Yeah, yeah. don't need it. Yeah, 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 we don't need them. They're fine. That, we don't need. What do you need that for? Wow. It's a little fish. It's so da- deep into the water. Doesn't even have eyes. Get out of here. What's <laughs> <laughs> going yeah. on here? It's you fresh. It's... We don't
3: need you as biomass. I, I just don't like <clears throat> I can't remember. I was watching like some documentary or something, but it was like about like a uh... How, oh, yeah, this, this creature developed eyes very similar to ours, despite the fact that their evolutionary, like, our evolutionary um, uh, common ancestor is, like, way, 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 way before that. And ever since then, I've just had a resentment towards, like, all those.
0: <laughs> I just, I don't, like, what gives you the right to do that? <laughs> to to have your human to have your human cones and oh my God. rods or, or and all
3: that. Colin will do this horrible thing where like the only time we really interact outside of sacred symbols is he'll send me a photo of like a fish with human lips
0: or something and it's and it's just <laughs> dude, the goldfish <laughs> from a few weeks ago. Yeah, a yeah. yeah, giant I ass loved, goldfish. I love that. That's a tradition going back years that for me and Chris though. <laughs> I, Chris and I only communicate via text when something we need something or something's going wrong. And otherwise it's only when I find the most eldritch shit. Yeah, the, yeah. Specifically from the ocean. And I'm like, this is real here. Or when I sent you the bird that looked like kind of like it looked like a, it was a human sized bird, that was also disturbing.
3: Oh, no. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. bird that was fucking five foot six.
0: Yeah, that Big was Bird. really fucked up Big Bird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Much. I saw Big Bird speaking of Big Bird. I saw. Did you guys see the, the footage the other day of like a, a Sesame Street performance for Christmas where Big Bird fell off the stage? I got to <laughs> find this video for you. Dude. It's <laughs> oh, so no. funny when someone else talks to me and I'll find it and put it in the chat. But oh. Chris, we haven't heard from you yet about the New Year's resolutions. Where do you stand on this topic of New Year's resolutions?
3: I stand resolute in my commitment <laughs> to absolute unwavering unchange yeah <laughs> that is that is where i that is where i no i, I don't know like I, th- I think it's fine i think it's i think it's cool i like i like uh dagan's idea of like um the idea of like we are we're all starting from the same spot it's almost like like a race it's like what can you do like all right all right we're, we're starting from the starting line it's it's a new year we're gonna be writing dates wrong for like the next couple weeks it's an interesting time uh i don't know i i, I like new years a lot like it's a big tradition in our family like we always kind of like my whole family just basically comes to my parents' house and we we cook a bunch of uh I don't know like pretty much whatever whatever anybody wants to bring they 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 make like mac spicy mac and cheese empanadas uh, uh, chicharron and like all, all this all this stuff like Spanish American whatever like who like some of our um, uh, and some of our cousins will come over we'll play video games we'll play music in the basement or something it's it's just like a big party and then we'll ring out the ear, we'll we'll drink it's it's fun. But uh new year's resolutions were never like a I don't know like it was a thing that I learned in school and I remember coming home and my parents were like I uh, told my parents like what's a new year's resolution and they're like it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like it's just this idea it's like yeah if, if I feel like I need some serious self improvement I'm just going to start that day like I don't I don't I don't need to In some ways I feel like there's there's this weird cushion that new year's gives you that you really shouldn't have because it's like oh i gotta get better and i gotta like let's say i recognize a huge problem in my life and i want to retool the way i think or or um maybe i want to address something that's been causing me like a an intense amount of anxiety or stress over several years and i want to fix it uh i'll put that off until january you know and then you just arbitrarily live in this quiet suffering until then and then you do it and then you do it and then you inevitably fail and then you're like ah man uh it's like march or something and you've already slipped off and it's like "Mm, well i'll just i'll i'll start again in january (laughs) because i got because i got that new year's resolution coming up and it's like no if you if you recognize something then you know it's best to just do it And, you know, I I don't like the cushion that it gives you. I think it's I think it's I don't think it's conducive to the actual purpose of a New Year's resolution. Like, I mean, I've I've talked about it on on, uh, Twitter, not very extensively, but I'm starting um, ADHD medication tomorrow. And that was just uh, that took a long time for me to get to that point where I was just like, okay, I, I should probably do something about this because it's at a point at a certain point, it just gets. Like noticeably destructive, or like noticeably impeding, like the things I want to do, and it's getting in, it's getting in my way too much now to kind of like push aside. So it's like, all right, I'm I'm gonna address it, uh, and I'm gonna do that now. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna. Ah, oh, man, it's almost January. No point. No point.
0: Yeah. I, well said. And uh, I'm sorry, well Dustin. I, I, go, well, on. yeah, go I was on. just gonna. I I think
2: I. I can see that certain personality types would take New Year's resolutions that way and therefore they would be bad <laughs> to just it's almost like a, a I mean procrastinator like way of looking at it. And absolutely. I'm a procrastinator yeah.
3: as well. I totally understand that. Mm. I, 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 I am a massive I, perfectionist procrastinator. So it's like that's right. that is not good for me. It's like it's almost like if I can't get through the whole year doing something completely consistently, it's like fuck, I got to wait till the next year then. Mm. And it's like I can't I can't do that. I can't have that cushion. I just got to just force myself through shit.
2: For me it almost feels like or at least the way I'm trying to look at it cuz I've had the defeatist attitude is that if life moves so fast, especially the the older you get, that's what they you know, everyone says, the older you get, the faster time goes. And it's really really easy to not stop for a moment and take time to reflect. At least I know for me, like that's, that's the Mm -hmm. thing is that I always like, I don't know when I was 20, there was always this idea like, Oh, I'm going to do this soon. And then now it's 10 years later and it's like, Oh, I actually didn't do that. And I have no plans to do that. So unless (laughs) I take a moment to stop and think that's never just going to happen ever. So maybe, maybe just, thinking about like a few things like for me this year i'm gonna be 30 in 2023 and it's like okay now's the time that if if i don't start trying to be at least a little healthier i'm gonna see long-term consequences so i need to at least point my life in that direction right i have like stupid things like i want to play through all the metal gear games in 2023 (laughs) i want to start playing guitar again in 2023 that's not stupid that's 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 actually cool that's awesome Um, so I don't know. I think that I think that your way is valid, especially for certain personalities. But I also I would just encourage that life goes so fast. It's important. Take a breather, reflect for a moment and then just make
1: little shifts or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's
3: all about just finally
1: getting happier, right? Getting more satisfied with life, just, you know, improving your life, you know, I guess in the spirit of. You know, just becoming a little happier. But Chris kind of convinced me, like that permission to procrastinate thing. I'm almost saying, fuck it. I'm going to double the sugar
0: in my coffee.
2: Oh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) balls. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Dagan had a a friend named Gene. He's still friends with him today. And Gene was Gene was a little crazy, and he would always like he would always one up and get get under people's skin by calling them no balls. Mm, You know, so classic. Which is which is what which is the only reason I say that to this day, and. I won't even tell the stories about Gene. On All show he had to they're...
1: say to him was "no balls," about like you no you won't throw the bowling ball down the down the alley and try to hit the pins on a fly, and yeah. you know no balls. And then he would do it. Mm. So he was like the ultimate. You know, you could really manipulate him just with the no balls thing. It was like Richie Cunningham with the chicken thing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same, same, same energy. <laughs> I uh, I have a very specific memory of. Being out with you guys, him, PJ, and a couple other guys in Connecticut. I was probably literally 14 or 15 years old. And uh, I remember this so well. It was bad news. It was terrible. Very similar to when I was 17 and went to Dagan's bachelor party at a strip club. And the stripper, oh, one of the, the stripper dang. gave me a, a stripper gave me a, a laugh dance and literally asked me, she's like, Are you 18? And I'm like, Yeah. And Dad was there. And dad was there. Yeah, that was, it was really extra funny. awkward. We don't talk about that. No, and often. the Russian mob, they were there too. <laughs> um dig you had you had brought up you had brought up uh i just wanted to follow up on this you brought up dove soap which is good but i wanted to ask mm. you guys have any of you ever used ivory soap because there was this moment in time what's ivory where i tried to use ivory soap which is like basically scentless mm. it, it, it's like as if nothing exists at all there. Generic. and i thought it yeah, yeah. It, it, the idea is that it's like just very very pure soap but and I try, I thought it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, maybe getting a little infested with San Francisco. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to buy I'm going to buy a, a, a bar of ivory soap. And it was awful. It's like it, 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 it's I someone could have told me you're literally rubbing wax on your body. There's <laughs> it's not even any right? Happened. It's
3: like that. Tacky. It's very we-
0: I just was curious if anyone had any experience. With no,
3: this. that's that sounds so, insane. That, it almost sounds like anti-batter or something like it's Just like, what is the point? <laughs> like I I specifically have gotten over the last, like, I think four years, I've gotten into this habit of uh, I mean, before four years ago, I didn't really have a I didn't really have like a shampoo or like a soap that I reliably bought. It was just sort of like I would go to the store and I would look at the I would look in on the eyes like, all right, that says soap. And I would grab it. And that's then I was so like, interesting. And I was like, oh, that's shampoo. I guess I'll grab it. I never, I never had like a consistent like, oh, I need to stick with Dove or, or Lori. I don't even know the brands, like sincerely. Like I, I couldn't that's even so ad-lib the brands until four years ago where, um, I mean, shampoo, I'm still very much that way. I, I don't care. Like I'll hmm. grab whatever shampoo. But uh, specifically for soap, I, I got into using this like, I think it's like a shea butter soap called. I think it's like, oh. I think it's literally called African black soap and it's just this black bar and it's almost like it feels like sand but because it, it's like exfoliating soap as well but that shit is was like it's the most satisfying that's that, <laughs> shit that good. it's really nice like i like we're, it's not a sponsor or nothing but like it's just like it's it's genuinely like some of the nicest shit that i've ever used and i refuse um, almost on principle to use anything else
2: i'm shocked mm. you guys use bars of soap I haven't used a bar of soap in forever.
0: I'm on body wash. I like, I well, I like use wash. bars. Yeah. I use both. Mm, yeah. Interesting. I use, I I use, use the liquid. Well. I use the liquid for the loofah thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do that, but then I use the bar of soap, and that's what I, I go over some parts of my body with the bar of soap the, again. Not with the bar, but I lather my hands up with it. You know, and then you get your 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 nether regions, your armpits, like all that. Again. I use a bar of soap for that, and then the shampoo. I've been a 25 2025 20, year user of of Head and Shoulders. Love oh yeah. It. Oh, just yep. absolutely love Head and Shoulders. Mm. Just I I my scalp gets itchy, but I've never had dandruff, so my assumption is is that that is the next step, and the only reason that that hadn't happened is because of my use of Head and Shoulders. If I use anything else, my hair doesn't, you know, my weird brillo head doesn't doesn't have it. <laughs> uh, Chris, I also wanted to touch real quick on you had brought up espresso and I just wanted to note I actually love espresso too, specifically after dinner when I'm out. That's the only time I ever drink it. And I love just getting an espresso. That doesn't, be, just, it's that, good, doesn't that doesn't like keep you up like uh, super late. It well, I'm gonna be up late anyway. I just I was gonna say it acts as an interesting aperitif for me. Like I just feel better after I'm full just drinking that. I think it just gives me like this boost of energy I, and caffeine. I, I
3: totally know what you mean. Like it like yeah. Yeah. my friends uh we're 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 not super responsible, so we'll 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 drink and uh, we'll we'll smoke a little bit, and then like at the end of the night, it was like you want some espresso, <laughs> and it's like That's not. Nice. Know, I'm up to like just... three a.m. But it is like a nice. It, I I understand what you're saying. It is like a really nice cap for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Definitely. coffee is like normally a morning thing. I think for most people, it is reasonably so. But for whatever reason, espresso at night hits. It's almost like I really I am really bullish about cereal any time that isn't the morning. Mm. Like I re I mm. love like a cereal like a- like a bowl of cereal at night is just like, it's oh, that is that Definitely. is such a good feel you almost feel like you're cheating in some way <laughs> oh, yeah. like ch- you're cheating the system it's like haha it's never advertised this way
0: no <laughs>
3: <It> never <laughs> no is. some That's
0: no, not true. some podcaster at two a.m. in his underwear just yeah
3: <laughs> eating eating having it my, resting my, on his my, belly my my cereal shelf looks like uh Jerry's cereal shelf and in, in, inside it's just like everything i have everything you come over here i got your cereal needs met you we want honeycomb you want fucking crave you want fucking like crave, uh, wow. you want uh honey bunches of oats we got it oh come on, really come on down except don't come on down because i'll probably shoot
0: you on site don't come don't <laughs> yeah this is america don't come on down yeah yeah do not come all on all right down. <laughs> whatever you do do not come on down by the way happy 99th birthday to bob barker i just saw that the other day no way he's Can't still alive yeah yeah he's still he's the what we got to get him back out there I thought he I thought he for sure was dead no no he's alive by the way here's the uh, video I was talking about it's from 2012 I don't know why I just recently saw it but it is time stamped to the exact spot you need to see it Dustin make a note and put this over the video (laughs) Uh, version. big bird bird falling
3: off the stage that's a (laughs) no Uh, oh no (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> it looks, oh man
3: it looks like yeah, the, thing, is, the thing about it is that he looks like <laughs> it looks like he breaks his neck my <laughs> god <laughs> it looks like someone killed like, it almost looks like like when farmers would like like the, the chicken's yeah. neck to, to, to cook yeah. it later that's what it looks like is going on and then it's like his synapses are slowly going away as he's like meandering <laughs> upward.
0: <laughs> Damn. Oh fuck. Wow. Chris, let's uh let's stick with you. What is your uh, topic this week, my friend? Uh, I
3: don't remember. What was I say?
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so I've been um it's going to be a
3: drastic change in tone. No, good. I'm I watching i uh, I've been watching um that sh- this show that uh, obviously Colin mentioned to me, and I think Dustin's been watching it too, this uh, ancient apocalypse show that kind of goes into this, uh, It's I don't remember the guy's name. It's like, I, oh, man. Oh, that's oh. Graham, yeah. Hancock. Yes. Yes. Graham Hancock. Yes, exactly, Hancock. that's exactly correct, yeah. And it, it's just this dude who I guess has been in, in this kind of field for a while, just kind of going to these different historical landmarks, uh, specifically uh, these kind of old temples and old pyramids that were presumably around the, the time that civilization first uh, kind of sprouted up across the, uh, across the globe. And I'm just fascinated by this because I don't know. It's, it's cause I remember I asked you Colin, like when you first mentioned it on the show, it's like, is this like ancient aliens? Right, right. Yeah. Is this like some like fucking like, Oh, an alien came down and, and fucking made the pyramid for him. And you insisted like, no, it's not what it is. And I have to admit, like, when I first started, I was like, there's no way this is not what this is. Like, I mean, what is going on? And then you watch more of it and it's and you start you start to feel crazy because it makes a ton of sense to me. (laughs) And that bothers me. I didn't like the feeling of like, oh, man, now I'm like now I'm one of now, now I'm a lunatic. (laughs) because i'm vaguely convinced of like a lot of this weird shit but he does this like really interesting stuff where he takes like sonar equipment and he like he beams like he he uses like sonar kind of um radar technology and it's like there's chambers like really really deep under these really really old hunter gatherer pyramids that don't make any sense and the thesis that he, he i think the thesis that he's ultimately building to i actually haven't finished it yet uh but based on Based on how many episodes I've seen, I think I've seen about like five. Uh, The thesis that he's building to, I think, is that around the time of the flood that is recounted in you know all of a lot of religions and various historical events, Atlantis was real, and survivors from Atlantis after after it was buried came to these like civilizations and like taught them how to do these things. And that's the part where I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel because, like, you can't say that. Like, that is an insane thing to say, right? Uh, but I, I don't know. I was just, I was, I've been watching this, and I've been like weirdly uh, obsessed with it because it's, it's just a very, very interesting kind of perspective, and it, it also is just. Strange that he's like he got I think he's Banned from one of these sites that he visits He talks about how he's like they won't let me in there <laughs> Oh the place in Ohio Yeah 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 but but I don't know oh, man I've seen Ohio, a lot of Or
0: whatever yeah
3: yeah I've seen a lot of crackpots man Like I've seen like there's a lot of there's a lot of These kinds of people right Who go out and they like, here's, I have this weird theory about the moon being made out of fucking cheese or whatever the fuck. And he goes on TV and everybody points and laughs at him. But what's weird about this documentary is like, or this docuseries that I'm watching it and he doesn't strike me at all as insane. Like like, at 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 no point, at no point does it seem like he's like unhinged. At no point is he like going off on some crazy. There's several times where he's like, no, I'm not saying this insane thing. Like he has to go, he has to go ahead and (laughs) like, it's (laughs) really funny to watch, but I don't know I just I just found it interesting and I I wonder how how you guys because I know you both of you were watching I don't know if Dagan's why I I assume he is because yeah 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 because you mentioned his name before any of us did so I don't know I'm just curious how this strikes you because I I, I'm watching and I'm I'm feeling crazy as I'm watching (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's a real dig I'm curious so you've watched it Dagan? yeah I'm not all the way
1: through it's Me one either. of those things, unfortunately, it. where the stuff I normally don't, you know, the stuff I watch on my own that's not for knockback, I usually watch after midnight and I get sleepy. So I had to actually go back and restart it. And I think I'm only on episode four or five. So maybe halfway through-ish or something. Yeah, so you're, you're, about, you're about where I'm at. Super fascinating. I mean, he, what, he was popping up, this, this Hancock guy was popping up all over social media. And I noticed he was on Rogan. I think he did Mike Tyson's podcast recently. I think he was on Lex's podcast. So I was like, what is going on here? And then put two and two together, found the Netflix series. And it is some fascinating shit because the whole conceit is what it, whatever it is. About 13,000 years ago when there was this global apocalypse, this you know global event, this catastrophe, it didn't, at that point, science and archaeology pointed to the fact of like, the, whatever humans existed on Earth at that point were, like, very primitive hunter-gatherer types. Yeah,
3: yeah. But the whole like, conceit of
1: yeah. this guy's theory is that there was a really advanced civilization here that got completely wiped off the face of the planet.
3: yeah. And, yeah, and and to be clear, it's like... Because when I heard that, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, these guys had, like, iPhones and shit. <laughs> uh, it's not it's it's not like that. It's just, like, they were able to build, like, functioning, you know, like, th- pyramids and shit, like, crazy megalithic shit. Megalithic sites. Yeah, yeah, like, megalithic yeah. buildings that, like, it would be impossible for hunter-gatherers to build. And he even notes, like... Uh, yeah, we all assume that, like, all of humankind at this point was in the hunter-gatherer stage, but... I mean, even in today's even in today like we live like we have these you know we have new york city living alongside these really really primitive tribes mm-hmm. at the same time and the, they're point. at very very different stages i thought that was interesting i thought his specifically that map of uh south america stretching all the way to um antarctica and like yep being submerged by sea level i thought that was f- fucking fascinating like that's apparently. Yeah, the map yeah, like yeah. that's that's that was like apparently written or drawn up like way way before Antarctica was discovered, and it, it it's that it's it's so fucking interesting, and it and it does I don't know I I've always been kind of like a a person who's like yeah I don't know like maybe there's fucking I I could I, that seems really really believable to me like yeah. because even yeah 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 I, I mean just the idea of like uh I mean it's explored in a lot of media but nature overtaking you know man-made made uh constructs is a is a pretty is a, it's a pretty common trope in fiction, but I think even I, I remember was there a show called like Life After Humans or something? I think I remember yeah, watching that Yeah, There was. Time. It was based on a book. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was just yep. this kind of like C basically like a CG rendering show where where they just sort of like rendered the world on like a almost like a a time lapse of like how long things would last without maintenance before they would crumble and kind of oh, become that's like cool. rubble. And it was like really, really interesting. Um and I don't know, it's just
1: it's some ways I hate
3: it because it's like ah, now I'm a lunatic because I'm not gonna be able to talk about no, anything it's a, like he, again.
1: it he presents like really convincing angles the 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 other angle that's really fascinating about the whole series and this guy in particular is he's a journalist. He's not an archaeologist, he's not a scientist. Yeah, yeah. he's a writer. and it's the infighting with the scientific and archaeological community that's fascinating because they, yeah. These guys, these scientists supposedly present these obstacles and are so obstinate about like, no, we're right. Like when this ice age happened, the second ice age, it was hunter gatherers, It was cavemen. You're completely wrong. And they kind of stonewall this dude and seem very closed off to the possibility of things that just from layman's perspective seem very likely. Like, that,
3: yeah. That, that's know, what like, bo-
1: that, that, why that's can't they
3: be why can't they entertain these things? That's what that's what, what bothers me too, is like because throughout the entire thing, he's basically being like, I just want us to like see. Like I, I wish we could go down there and like and, and dig, but nobody wants to do it and it's frustrating. And I'm kind of the same way. Like it's like, what's the harm in figuring that out? Like there's cha- there's chambers buried like a hundred fucking feet below like one of the oldest man made structures ever and we don't know what's in it. That's insane. Yeah, they think it's a time capsule yeah, excavate exc- 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 that shit. I want to see, I want to see, yeah, I want to see what, I want to see a prehistoric Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> he's not worried about well, being wrong.
3: He's, what yeah, he's no, saying that, is exactly what Chris is saying. He's right, just
1: saying, yeah, like, yeah. can we just find out if I'm wrong? Yeah, I'm falsify wrong, it. Let's Falsify Let's explore, yeah. right? Yeah. Totally. But and these totally, guys, f- they have yeah. their, you know, professorships and their reputations and their grants and everything. I guess there's so much to it. Like they don't want to, these, these
3: guys don't want to look wrong. But that would be so amazing i don't know like to to me like i I don't understand it because like that to me would be imagine being that person to discover that shit like why would you not want to be it's incredible like why would you not want to be at the forefront of that if 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 that's possible like maybe it's a waste of time maybe it's like a completely but it's but it's there like it's not they're not like fake chambers under there it's like it's sonar like it's it's fault you can you it's it's provable you like you can go and do that sure And so it's just I don't know, man. I'm watching it and I'm kind of frustrated because I'm like, yeah, why are people so fucking like? What is the, (laughs) what's the thing? If they could carbon date this thing back, yeah, this pyramid. What?
1: (laughs) 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 Right? If they could, they could carbon date this structure that obviously cavemen didn't create. A more advanced society had to create this thing, and they know it's thirteen thousand years old. Then. It seems like pretty good proof or a step in the right direction to investigate further.
3: Yeah. Now, now let me just pose pose this question. Interesting shit. What happens what happens if we go down there mm. into that chamber in in I can't remember Sumeria. And it's just an empty like a big empty chamber and across the walls are etchings of what is clearly sonic. Oh no. <laughs> like <laughs> At what point like I would keep we that just close probably. the door. We don't investigate yeah, any further. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we don't yeah, need under, to know. <laughs> under no circumstances. I found I was like, we're, we're sealing this place away. <laughs> but it's like the curse of King Tut. It
0: got out anyway. Like, whoosh, yeah, yeah. You, know, and yeah. Then oh, you, you yeah. sealed it up. You sealed it up too, <laughs> the to it up too quickly. The of Sonic and Sonic that would be, Dude, that would be so horrifying. You guys have said so many things I wanted to. I wanted to talk about and, and dive deeper in with you guys. First of all, it's funny because I went to college, as people know, for American history, and that was the track that I was going to go down was was history. I was going to begin my master's and my Ph.D. program when I got my job at IGN, as people know. So I went the only reminder of those that age is my are my tattoos, which is funny. And Dagan and and my mother is a has an anthropology degree. And Mm -hmm. me and mom used to argue all the time about how much I hate anthropology and and archaeology and their relationship with each other because of these. Anthropology could be more of the study of contemporary society as well. But generally speaking, when you're studying things like uh, cavemen anthropologically or you're studying these old sites, you really never know anything about them. And yeah, you just guess and garner this information. And because it's unknowable, it's like I was saying on the God of War spoiler cast that I hate. I don't hate it, but I don't know anything about mythology because I feel like it's ancient fan fiction where I'm like, why do I even need to know any of this? (laughs) It's not real. But what's interesting about these Graham Hancock stories and the sites that they they bring forth is. This is undeniable proof that something's fucked up and uh, you're right, Chris, I was watching it and it's like I was watching a Jets game. Mike always makes fun of me where I get like one inch away from the screen when I'm watching the Jets. (laughs) I don't even realize it. Sometimes I stand like a coach, you know, when they have their hands on their legs and I'm like waiting for the play. I'm fucking psychotic and I was really engaging with ancient apocalypse like that. And I was like, are you I feel like I'm pretty well-educated and up on things, and I kind of know what the what I feel like is the archaeological tract of history post Ice Age in big forms. I'm like, I didn't know anything about this. What is this? And then I just started diving into it. And it's like, a- as you said, Chris, this is insanity. What What <laughs> Because it's not it's obviously real. I mean, that was the thing that it was when when they got to and I brought up the name of it because I wanted to make sure I got it right when they got to the B- Bimini Road. <laughs> in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> Why isn't natural. anyone? Yeah. And, and these guys are like, oh, no, that's natural. I'm like, guys, it's a <laughs> fucking straight line. It's a straight line. And one of the things that he really plays with that I think is so fascinating that I have, must say, I ignorantly never really considered from a geological and historical perspective is that the ice age, obviously, and and the melting of the ice of the glaciers, we all know, created differences in in sea level. But it seems as if archaeologists never took that into account mm. and so they haven't even been looking and like where the actual real coastlines would have been where people would have been in great numbers, probably more than anywhere in the interior because they're going to be closest to the ocean and to all yeah. these resources that they need. So w- when I saw that Bimini Road, which I think is in episode four, I was like, this is outrageous like this is because the suggestion and I wanted to I wanted to touch on this he really touches on this idea of why is flood mythology a thing that everyone shares? Isn't that weird? I mean, I remember taking Bible classes in college about the history of the Bible, who wrote the Bible, all these really fascinating things. And that was something that was shared. Why do all of these unrelated in quotes societies that seem to have nothing going on between them all talk about a mythical flood? Why would they say that? That's just strange. Yeah. And his it is a little extraordinary, but his idea is basically saying like, no, there was some sort of perhaps super society that went around and and were godlike to these people, and it's like yeah, as you said, Chris, they're not flying around in fucking spaceships <laughs> and shit like that. It's basically what they were basically saying was they had an advanced understanding of mathematics, mm-hmm. and you know what was really cool, Chris, and and you brought it up it was like that the the sites over sites over sites, the commonality he finds, finds with all of that is that. The ancients understood that the stars were moving in the sky slowly and to be sure that they were always focusing on the right stars, which I think was Sirius and a few others in the sky, they would constantly just make new sites. And if you go back historically to where the stars were, they all line up.
3: Yeah. yeah. And it's like, dude, what? It's like that snake in Ohio does the same thing. Uh, where, right. Where well, it's that's,
2: like, that's part of yeah. the
3: thesis at the end. And I won't spoil it
2: for you guys, but. It's like, oh, so all of these archaeological sites all have to do with astrology and they all point to the sky being a certain way at a certain time. It's almost like it's a message of some kind. And I'll leave it at that. That's more. But I will say that the the thing about the show that, uh, ironically, the most believable aspect of the show to me is the reoccurring theme, and Dagan brought this up, of information suppression that the powers that be don't want anything that could challenge the things that they've built their entire reputations on to be challenged that makes Mm. total that's why it like he could be saying insane shit and if the fact that that is kind of the core it makes me want to believe it more and i do think that actually things he says make a lot of sense but it's like yeah it's one of those things that Let's let's just say that the thesis of this show is true that there was a civil uh, an ancient civilization much more advanced beyond the ice age everything changes for archaeology everything changes yeah. and that yep. is extremely I mean in the eyes of the established view of archaeology ex- extremely dangerous so yeah that it makes a lot of sense to me that that would be the case and it sucks but I mean we see this with all kinds of things in life that the the, the ones that are currently controlling the narrative want to continue to control it. And it's funny too. Cause like you think about um, which ancient Egypt doesn't really come up all that much, like the pyramids and stuff like that. But I've heard Graham Hancock talk about it. It's like, okay, there's the, the particular type of stone that's on the inner part of the pyramid. They can trace was mined 80 miles away. How the fuck did they get this stone from 80 miles away and then completely, perfectly build these pyramids that are not only built with a level of precision that is unheard of, but also align it to the stars? Like it's stuff like this that it's like, yeah, there had to have been
0: something else going on. I couldn't align anything to the stars if you asked me to do it right now. Right. Right. I wouldn't know what the... I love astronomy and I yeah. would be like, I don't know what the fuck you want me to do right now. What? what? Well, what? Well, I mean, these guys were using like complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chris.
3: No, something that he brings up that's kind of interesting, too, is like he talks about how like in in modern society, like you don't even really see the stars because like so there's so much, you know, there, there's mm-hmm. a lot of light pollution where, where yep. most people live. Sure. And, and so like, you know, it seems quaint or kind of like unimportant to most of the people who would be studying it. Um, but back then, the stars would be very, very, very pronounced, <laughs> like, like almost like, I think about Skyrim. You know, when when yeah. like the night, night, right. night sky in Skyrim.
0: <laughs> that night sky in Skyrim is dope. It's but, incredible. I I didn't I just didn't we just discuss that on one of the shows we, recently. I was saying yeah. that that was like such a memorable moment seeing that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But um,
3: no. Yeah. I just I guess for me, I'm just confused as to like how that would. Like I understand the idea is like everything changes for archaeology, but it's like how you just the starting line just gets pushed back. Everything is still. Like, everything is still relatively accurate. Sure, sure there's, you're going to have to go back a little bit further. But wouldn't that excite you that there's more to study? Like, how oh, is that not exciting? Like, how is that well, not exciting to... to exactly. Like, exactly. I, I, I don't know. If I, was, if I was... I'm not an archaeologist, but if I was an archaeologist, I could imagine being, like, fucking all over this. Like, I, I can't imagine... I can't understand how people who are passionate about this thing wouldn't want to figure this shit out. Because this is fascinating shit yeah like it's where's it's the spirit just, of adventure where's the indiana jones like yeah right God, archaeologists is, real archaeologists that, that, what, suck well, well what's so exciting about this too like to me anyway is that like we I, I feel like generally we live in such a charted place like you're not going to run into like an area that hasn't been come across like a million times already, you know, like in, in the U S uh, even, even elsewhere, even like some of the most remote islands, there's, there's film crews that have been there. There's movies that have been shot. Like there's all sorts of shit that are all sorts of places on this planet that are just like, we've seen them a million times. The idea that there are places that are not that is inherently exciting. You know, like I, I just, I cannot, Absolutely. there's a chain, there's a chamber underground that no one set foot in ever in modern day earth where you can fly wherever the fuck you want. That's amazing. And I would love, I would, I would be screaming to be like one of the first people there. Crack yeah, that bitch open. And I have, and I have no <laughs> fucking remote interest in any of this shit, generally speaking, you know, like, that's I, yeah. I, so I don't know. It, it, it defies reason to me that, that. If I'm that intrigued and, and um, sparked by it that people in, in that field wouldn't be, it's, it's so bizarre to me.
1: I think this guy might have an effect on things. I might be I, It might be a real harbinger of, of change, just this, whole, this guy's whole agenda, which seems a, like a very unselfish, very reasonable agenda. It's like, can we just look into these things that maybe we thought of wrong? you know all these years or maybe we could kind of explore a little further push a little right. more it's a, like well that's what that's what I'm yeah. curious
0: about too dig is like where and it's like as you guys are saying I could it, it would be like being an astronomer you know and those big clusters far away when they're like do you they discovered those aren't stars those are galaxies those are entire other groups of million and they would be like ah god damn it you know, and they and they would just be like, we're not we're done. <laughs> you know, and it's like, what are you saying? There's a whole nother. There's just whole, all these possibilities now. And you're right, Chris, specifically that chamber underneath that place, I think, in Indonesia or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Where, where they had like site upon site upon site. I'm like that. That should be. I would say that's urgent. Oh, it's fascinating. Like in some way, there might be evidence of a civilization we do not understand. And and I just don't we were talking about Atlantis and how unusual that is, but I'm starting to believe that there is something to this where, and I know it's kind of crazy, but to say.
3: Yeah, not, not a city, it, not a city of underwater, like dolphin people, like, by the way. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a city like you can yeah.
0: imagine the city that got was on the coast. That right. Simply got cataclysmically destroyed. And who, I mean, who knows? But b- above that, and I just because it's what you were saying about the, the, the stone masonry and all of that, where. And I think you were saying that, Dustin, where it's like this requires incredible knowledge. And it's not to say it came from the stars or anything like that, but that these people figured this shit out and then it was lost. Yeah. And that's fascinating stuff because I've always been fascinated. And again, archaeology and anthropology but like Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal man, it was their combination together. We have a little bit of, of Neanderthal in us. Oh, and it's like no. it, they existed alongside each other, and Cro Magnon obviously overtook them. But there is this reality in which Cro or, or in which Neanderthals basically stayed exactly the same for two hundred thousand years. Like that's insanity, and where like nothing they didn't discover anything, no new technology, just generation after generation after generation, and then this Cro Magnon species of humans with a greater capacity for thinking and intelligence comes along and. Some crazy shit happens, and you see the earliest signs of them with just cave paintings and all of this. But who's to say they didn't discover and didn't understand really incredible things and didn't have technologies? Like, how did they move those things with the wheel, dude? You know, how did they do it? with pulleys and all of this crazy shit? How did they lift those things up with incredible ancient machines made, no doubt, of wood? Yeah, and it's, a rope. It's. I mean, it's incredible. Like, why would and and the sub how. This stuff is long, ancient, like gone forever. So the only it's, how is it not peculiar to, to these people, these academics to say they're all focused on the same stars and they're all, we all have, they all have this flood mythology. It's just too weird. It doesn't make any sense, dude. Like this came from somewhere and, and I agree the embrace and that would be awesome. And I, I shout out to Netflix for giving Grant Hancock mm. legitimacy. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have a problem with that, but it was they did this. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. And shout out to him for sticking with it. I've known his name. I, I couldn't remember it earlier, but I've known him being bandied around for years because he's been looked at as a total su- pseudo per like and I, maybe it is just this character assassination, like how wrong people were about covid, about the origins of covid, where it came from, how it affects you, how you can get rid of it. like they were wrong about everything. Sucks. I don't think that it was any malice behind it. It's just that they were wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so if they're yeah. wrong about these things material right before our fucking eyes, you can imagine that there's this ancient history of perplexing and un, and again back to the frustration, completely unknowable things we're never really gonna know. Yeah, and that that I can imagine would drive me mad if I was an academic. Yeah,
3: that, that <laughs> yeah. it, it yeah. seems it seems fucking that seems like a rough situation. I don't know, man. It, 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 this. It's endlessly fascinating to me, and I'm not particularly like, uh, you know, I I'm not uh, an archaeology person per se, but uh, this is just fascinating shit. And, and like to your point, where it's like, yeah, I mean, in how many, in however many hundred years uh, it would take for New York to be underwater, you know, New York would certainly be an Atlantis of some kind. like imagine imagine fucking imagine like in however many hundred years like everything gets fucked again and then you're like society develops like enough shit where they get like a little submarine and they go down and they see the fucking tip of the empire state building it's fucking insane i guess <laughs> like but that seems plausible like it's even planet impossible. of the ape shit man it's, it is yeah, it's yeah. a <laughs> planet of the ape shit but it's like right? i don't know man that that stuff's really fucking it, it's all really endlessly fascinating to me and uh, I, I still haven't finished the, the show yet um But yeah, Dustin, did they
1: end it now? Does this end after the season or did they cliffhanger for a second season now?
2: No. Well, I'm sure there is possibility to do more because I'm sure there's tons of other ancient sites, but it's actually really, really nice the way he does it because he connects every episode up to the end to create this final thesis that he wraps up in the end that is just it's excellent how he does it because there's different like points from other episodes you're like oh yeah i remember how he said this and i remember this point and then it comes together so it's it's a i would say it's essential to watch all of it for that final episode
0: yeah that's awesome. this was an awesome topic by the way loved it and i'm so glad that that recommendation resonated with you because uh, you never know i'm always loath to give recommendations because you just never know. I don't want to be responsible for bet. bit. I, I'm scarred. By, I'm scarred by the experience of lost getting my whole family into lost. Oh, and no. then having to apologize for that. Dude, lost is great. All right. Uh, since we're talking about space a little bit, I'll stick with my topic. I'll go. I'll go third here and we'll have Dagan go last. I wanted to ask you guys about um, if you've been following at all the Artemis missions from NASA. And if you have any interest in this idea of going back to the moon for people that are unfamiliar, Artemis is a series so far of six there will be there will be six missions. There will be more, hopefully. But the, there are six missions planned and funded through 2029 with the ultimate goal to have us staying on the moon. And what's really exciting for people that don't know is that, uh, you know, the lunar missions in the Apollo missions ended in the early 70s. They were actually supposed to go further and people just totally lost interest in, in it. And so they canceled them. They were actually supposed to go more times. And it's crazy that th- through that lens, it was very, very expensive to do it. But We just stopped and then we never went back and though we sent probes and rovers and all sorts of things and obviously have done the same with Mars and to a lesser extent Mercury and Venus and certainly the gas giants with Voyager and all the rest. We have kind of just looked wistfully at this thing in this in space and have kind of questioned I think logistically and logically what's the purpose of even being there and why would we go there and. I think the answer has come in the last 20 or 30 years that the moon is going to be an important launch pad to get to Mars. And with that in mind, the Artemis missions were created by NASA and other, you know, the EU um, space agencies and others are also working on it. So Artemis one went up in mid November. It was actually delayed. People might recall that it was uh, supposed to go up earlier in the year and there were some problems. They found a catastrophic problem on the rocket that probably would have destroyed it. So they uh, it was like a leaking something. And so they're like, oh, everyone's like, oh, my God, because if this thing went bad, Apollo one exploded on the tarmac. If you've ever read about that, killing Gus Grissom and other other people and uh, incinerating them basically alive. So but they still got that off the ground. Pardon the pun. So Artemis one went to the moon and it was an uncrewed lunar lunar orbit. And you might have seen the pictures being published from this thing. Beautiful pictures, HD pictures. It's so funny looking back at some of the pictures that were sent back from the Apollo missions, like the Garo type level shit compared to what we're seeing now, just absolutely insane. And I love those shots of Earth where they get all of Earth. Everything that's ever happened has happened there in that one space they're showing, right? And for humanity, anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Artemis 2 is set to go up in early 2024, and we're going to actually send people around the moon These people will go more distant from Earth than any human has ever been because the orbit is really wide around the moon as opposed to really close like the Apollo missions. Mm. But no one's going to land. And then in 2025, if all goes well, we are going to land people on the moon for the first time. And I am just fucking amped up about this. I was curious (laughs) if any of you are following it. Let's go to you first. Are you uh, following this? Are you and I'm curious if you think there's any utility to this, because I think a lot of people look at it. It's very expensive. It can go very wrong. People are probably going to die at some point. They already have. Mm. We haven't lost anyone in space, but we've lost people on the way to space. Yeah. And so do we have the stomach for that and and all of the rest? Buzz Aldrin always talks about the suicide missions to Mars and how he feels like that will be necessary to ultimately get to Mars. Oh, shit. and and um, so I'm curious what you think about going to space, what you think about this Artemis mission and if it's something that excites or interests you. Yeah, I have to say you
1: forced my hand, dude. I really wasn't paying much attention to this. And then once I found out your topic, you know, went on a little bit of a dive and 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 did my research and it is fascinating. I mean, really, I have to say the most fascinating aspect of it is just a reminder of why we waited over five decades to go back to the moon. It really, it's kind of vexing in a way. I understand the financial considerations. I understand the whole, you know layman's argument about like, there's so much to do here. Why are we going to put all our money into? There's re- so many people going? to bomb here. Why can't we do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is like, th- this is my entire <laughs> lifetime. I mean, the, the Apollo missions was what? 69. So, you know, four or five years before I was born. So we've spent our entire lifetimes, you know, waiting to, you know, go back into space and c- kind of continue our research, continue that adventure, continue that exploration and i love that the whole unapologetic bent is to get to mars like all of this is with the ultimate goal of achieving you know humans getting to mars and that this is these are just step these are stepping stones along the way it's fascinating shit i i think i like your point i mean the the financial considerations are an easy argument right but i do like your point about what else are we willing to sacrifice? You know, it almost does feel frightening in a science fiction like capacity. It's like, you know, now we're talking about not just the almighty dollar, but lives and not just, not just expending human life in, in so far as death or risking it all or, you know, some sort of stuntman capacity, but. Also, people dedicating their whole lives like like the Graham Hancock stuff. Like people dedicating their whole lives to this one agenda. It's fascinating. It's fascinating shit. It makes me feel little. It makes what I do for a living feel small. And I, yeah, I think totally ultimately not. it's just exciting. <laughs> it's just super exciting. You know, I, I'm I'm yeah. all I'm I'm completely on board for this. Seems like they have a really great plan. I like you know, there's a lot of personalities involved. Of course, it's NASA and all those brilliant uh, guys and gals. But, you know, SpaceX is involved, right? They, they won the bid for the lunar lander and stuff. So there's a lot of interesting stuff at play in this story. It's a, bit, it's a big deal.
0: I think, unfortunately, one of the major drivers, I mean, it's fortunate and unfortunate, but one of the major drivers is that we had no competition the Soviets were clearly not going to get to the moon. I mean, they tried. They did a bunch of different things. They were much more focused on Venus and later Mars and doing their weird, their weird probes to these places. And so I think we just lost our drive like we won. They because in, in mm-hmm. the history of space. And that's what's so interesting about the Apple TV show uh, for all mankind is that in the history of space, the Soviets beat us every single time to every landmark until we got someone on the moon. And that was just a definitive coup de gras. Right. Just totally over. And they can never match that. And it was a great win. But I think that we lost our drive for that. And then we started focusing on space stations. So at first it was Skylab and then mm. later the International Space Station. And of course, the reusable <clears throat> space shuttle was a really important part of that until two of them fucking exploded. <laughs> and then um, and that shut everything down and put everything far behind. I think if you ask the Apollo astronauts in the 70s, when do you think we'll be at Mars? I think a lot of them would have said like probably in the mid to late 80s. Wow. And and it just never happened. I think that there was just this idea we would just keep going and going and going and going. And it never and never happened. And I find it frustrating. I find that we've wasted all this time. And so what I was saying and I get back to the point was I think the Chinese are the major driver now because I think people are going to have a fucking meltdown when they see a Chinese astronaut on the moon, which is going to happen. <laughs> so um, how I close think that, are I think they? They'll do it this decade, I think. OK, so it's um, it, like there, there is a new race and. And I think there's going to be a logistical fight over the moon or potentially because there's going to be better places to land. There's going to be better places with especially water ice. I mean, the people that get to the poles first, this was anticipated in the 50s. Actually, one of the old Collins Last Stand videos I did was about this secret NASA thing that was going to make a a military base on the moon and they were building it. They were going to build it in the 60s. And they had all this crazy shit. People got to go read about it. They had these anti-personnel mines. They pictured that they were going to be Soviet soldier astronauts like fighting. And there were these mines that would just go in the air and in the low orbit and then just explode and just puncture their suits. No way. Um, and all this crazy shit. You got to go read about it. It's so good. That sounds all insane. this stuff. All this stuff never materialized. And this whole like NASA and the and the Defense Department really did see this fight happening there. And then maybe it just got punted out a little bit. So I think that unfortunately, that is the geopolitical driver of us doing this. Um, Chris, let's go to you. Are, are you interested in this? Have you been following the Artemis project? Are, are you into space travel and the idea of going to the moon?
3: Uh, I am. I, I think part of me is kind of Of the mindset of like, there's, there's, there is a lot to figure out in here (laughs) uh, before we do that again. But at the same time, that is going to be a, I don't know, I, I hadn't considered the race aspect of it. The Mm -hmm. idea of like, oh yeah, like what happens when. If another entity gets hold of the moon, and then they basically have this giant rotating satellite with a bird's eye view of fucking everything, that's like really, it's pretty ominous. On, on the like flip Dr. side, Wiley. on the flip side, it would be pretty <laughs> ominous uh, from everybody else's perspective for us to, to have it as well. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I didn't even know this was happening. Like I didn't see it trending. I didn't see news articles about it. No, it was. It wasn't. It um, really wasn't. Yeah, yeah, so... I mean, some of these pictures are crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, this would be dope if it was... I, I'm, I've i always been a sci-fi person, like, into space. Um, so if we could land there again, that would be... That'd be amazing. What I'm most curious, though, about is, is Mars. Because, I, I, obviously, because the moon is... You know we went there a long time ago we have we we know a lot about it at this point um it's not it's not mysterious the in in fact what's interesting about it is how we're talking about it now is that we're talking about it as if it's like territory um because it is but it's like right. it's not it's not this like we know about water ice and, and and that kind of thing like on the we know exactly like we know a lot about it and whereas like mars is kind of this that's the next that's that's the moon for uh for this generation i think like mars is where it's like that's where the mystery is that's where like what would even happen if a person landed on mars like i don't i don't think we know that like we can guess based on mass and based on measurements that we're doing on uh on the, the atmosphere but that's that's done from a, a pretty significant distance like it's you, you can't really know everything about something until you're there and that's that's fascinating to me um but Mars is kind of like we're talking about an island almost. Like a really important strategic island.
0: I think that's what's they, most interesting about this, the whole conversation yeah. to me. They were saying, uh, I was reading well, not they, I was just always reading about this shit they were, uh, the biggest problem in going to Mars apparently once we get there is actually the dust because there is no liquid anything on the surface or hasn't been for a long time so the sh- the the particulates are really sharp. Oh. And they're just going to fuck everything up apparently and <clears> get in <throat> everything and and it's like a different kind of dust and particulate that we have here because there's no erosive factor there to, I guess, whittle them down or whatever. So that'll be interesting. But you know, so, b- b- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Before I get, You know what really
3: bothered me? <clears throat> like the other day I was thinking about because Mars is pretty unanimously depicted in... I mean, it's the red planet. You, you look at it, it's red. You think like, oh man, how hot must it be there? It's fucking freezing on Mars. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like stupid... Co- like I, I thought <laughs> like... At least maybe it'd be like natural, like maybe the hottest it would get was like at least a couple hundred degrees. I think the hottest it gets on Mars is like 85. Oh, wow. that is, e- that, that is, e- isn't that fucked? Yeah. Isn't that, it, that,
0: that is. Yeah, it's below, I think below zero at the equator. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like-, like I think oh, it's, 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 it goes from like, I think, um,
3: 85 to like minus minus. 200 or something like that I think that's the, Generally the, the temperature fluctuation Holy um, shit obviously based on Where you are and like that's you know morning swing. and time Of day and all that but like it's that's fucking That bothered me because I always in My <laughs> mind I think like I, I, I like in my mind I think Mars is very hot Even though it's oh, further away even though yeah. it's further Away like I always I always just, There's always a red filter on it in movies it's always Like it's, it's, it's red and dusty And it just sort of gives this this warm Kind of Arizona Style kind of like vibe and then yeah. oh it's the hottest it gets there is 85 it's like that's i hate that
0: <laughs> yeah no atmospheric or a small atmosphere to keep any heat into so a problem yeah. there as opposed to venus closer but also runaway greenhouse effect on venus makes it eight or 900 degrees which is <laughs> fucking insane wow. so um i wanted to explain just because we were talking about going to mars and the interest in that the argument there's a two-sided it's the two-sided argument that has been concluded with the artemis program but The first idea, all we know is that building spaceships and launching them on Earth is really hard and really expensive. And a lot of it comes from you have to just make these massive rockets just to get away from the planet. That's the only reason these things even exist, because once you're in space, you can just tap something. And, you know, it'll start going in a certain direction, which is where ion engines and stuff come from. Ion engines are really light engines that basically have no power, but over time just start propelling you at a major force because there's nothing stopping you in the vacuum of space from going that fast. Um, so the argument was that we either had to go to the moon and go to Mars and get out of here. We have to either build stuff in orbit, which is one argument, or we build stuff on the moon and in the orbit around the moon. And so what we would need to do here would be to build space elevators, which are basically these huge cables that are that go into space and are and are basically just sending things up and down into space. And they're kept, I think, through centrifugal force, just totally static, which is this hypothetical thing that we've never even tried to do. And then we would build these space stations, we would launch and get everything into space, and then we would assemble everything there, and then we would shoot them out from orbit. That way we didn't have to have these rockets and all this money and stuff. But I think the advantage with the moon is that there is fuel there, or at least the potential ingredients to make fuel fresh. And without having to bring the fuel all the way from Earth to space and that that distant from Earth's orbit, we would need to um, we would need to have something like a a refinery and the ability to manufacture it there. So I think that the idea is that this will ultimately facilitate us getting to Mars quicker Mm. than if we just left from Earth orbit, or even worse, if we just left from a launch pad on Earth, which would just be insane. And so and I think that this also gives us a little bit of time to work on engine technology to make the trip to Mars shorter because the trip to Mars right now is going to take about six months and you're only going to be able to stay there for about a month and then you're going to have to come right back because if you miss that window, you're done. Oh, yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. Because the the planets are going around the sun at different times and so they have to line up and you basically have to launch when they're lined up or like when they're going to line up so you get there at the distance and then when they're coming back around, you have to get out. And if you miss those windows, you're, you're you're done. That's what ends up happening. That's what the Martians about, because they were they were going to not be able to get back to him. Right. At, like wow. there was just nothing they were going to be able to do about Some that. It's a shit. So it's basically so, uh, going
1: to be a truck stop. The moon's going to be a truck stop.
0: Right. So they're building something called um, the Lunar Gateway, which is like this whole project that's going to be in orbit around the moon. And the idea is that there's going to be a permanent crew around the moon and then ultimately a permanent crew on the moon. And this will hopefully begin in the 2030s and 2040s. But we're going to land people on the moon in 2025. And then we're going to start building shit there, I think, after the lunar war. So like the lunar gateway has to go first and then that will let us build onto the moon and then that will let us build all the shit we need to get to Mars. That's the idea. That's fascinating. Um, Dustin, what do you think? Are you following this? Are you interested? I don't actually don't know where you stand on space travel. I am always perplexed when I meet people. One way or the other, where I'm like, like, Micah really doesn't care about space at all. Like, doesn't not interested. It doesn't care. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so strange. Um. But then I meet people that I don't think are going to be passionate that about it. That I actually really are. So I actually don't know where you stand.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing for me is that I do feel compelled that, as you know, as mankind, as humans, as species, we should do what we can to explore, uh, and and become more advanced and and initially it feels like it's like okay what we get to mars and then like what okay we're on a big rock that is there's doesn't seem like you can do very much simply surviving is an insane task let alone actually doing anything of value other than getting the information of course so it's like what is the point and and to me it's like that seems like that seems almost like missing the point at the same time it's like well through the process of getting to mars we can learn it's almost about like what it's the friends we made along the way it's like what was the process like what all this stuff that we got through going to mars and then what does that lead to next and i i keep thinking about it i know that we've moved on from this a little bit but this idea of like territory on the moon And how I think that's like, is that going to be the beginning where are we going to be cool about it? Where it's like we got the ISS and we can all kind of agree, like, yeah, we can all handle this thing that we've all built together. And even if our our nations are not necessarily seeing eye to eye, we can handle the space station. But like the moon is a bit of a different thing. Like, are we going to see battles on the moon for territory in our lifetime?
1: Yes. China is, is considering the moon intergalactic Taiwan.
0: Mm. Mmm, they definitely are like they definitely are like, well, they're definitely their Their whole thing, as far as I understand, is like they are all about getting to the poles. Mm. They think that that's where all the value on the moon is. And they're eager to get there because there are basically places that are permanently shadowed where the dark side and the the light side vacillate, where there is just a shit ton of ice. And that apparently is just getting water to the water. There means you don't have to bring it every you have to bring everything. And so that's the whole idea. And mm-hmm. I think there is something to it to just be like, we can have this other this other thing going on here. But you're the the thing, the, the fight about territory is interesting because that is, according to international law, illegal, like no one is allowed to claim any spatial bodies. But that's going to come to a head soon. There's going to be I think so. Th- First of all, I think it would be absurd for the United States to go and the EU is going with us to to do all of this work and then be like no everyone can be here it's like well no we're not going to claim the moon but like this space is going to be ours we came here right you know like we did it so there has to be some level of that sure but uh who who knows how do you how how would you you draw? draw.
3: how would you divide territory on a on a planet with with no (laughs) landmarks yeah there's no it's all the same like I know, I understand. I, just, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like where there's like obviously the, the light side and the dark side. Yeah, it'll the, be like the, a
0: crater or something that'll be claimed. You know, something like that. Yeah, right? like they'll be like, I, we want
3: this crater. Because I'm thinking a lot of the reasons why we have even like claims of or, or borders in general is largely because of the ocean. And there's that yeah, doesn't apply. Sure. That doesn't really apply to. Uh, Good point. The moon, you just have to draw. Like, I, I
0: imagine it's going to be a very boring map. I'll put it that way. <laughs> it'll yeah, <laughs> it'll look like the middle of the country with all straight lines and yeah, it's just it'll boxes. be boxes. It'll be what about what you can probably defend and what is valuable. I would love an idealistic future where we all got together and we were like, well, this is where what we're going to do and this is how it's going to be. And maybe that's going to be the case. But I don't. Yeah. I First of all, I don't I also it's a little maybe I don't know how other people feel about this, but I don't really hate the idea of the United States being like, no, this is an American part of the moon. And I don't think that that's anything to be worried about personally. It's like, well. It's just like sticking a flag into a piece of land for time immemorial. And there's no one even here. It's not like there's any pro like Colombian exchange going on where there's like fucking complete disaster and mayhem. It's it's it would just be the whatever's there, the water, the hydrogen, whatever you're looking for there. But I wanted to point this out, too, because we're talking about money. And I always try to remind people of this. And everyone knows I'm very dovish. I'm very anti war and all of this. The United States military budget is going to be eight hundred and fifty billion dollars in the United States, which is more than everyone else spends in the entire world. And a lot of this is or a lot of the increase from the seven hundreds is due to the war in Ukraine, which for some reason has involves us. Yes. So we're just funneling all of this money to all of these. And we always say, take us to Halliburton, like the new cra- like the new crazy. <laughs> take me me to Raytheon. <laughs> Take me to Raytheon. <laughs> and and uh, it's a disgrace. It's a complete fucking disgrace. And NASA's budget, 30 billion dollars. Wow. Eight hundred and fifty billion dollars for bombs and guns, 30 billion dollars, not only for the moon missions, but for all the other things, NASA everything. Has. Blue sky. And it's I just it, think that yeah, that's it's crazy. It's like, dude, so I agree with you. Here's what I would do. I would cut the military budget in half. And then I would give half of that to NASA and then you could have the other 250 billion dollars to do whatever the fuck go fix the Flint water situation, the water situation in Jackson, Mississippi that go do all of it. Yeah. You know, it's just that all of the money is tied up in all of these interests and no one asks because everyone's like, oh, that's expensive. And then it's like, oh, how much money? How much money are we going to send to Ukraine this month? Mm. I hate that. response. I I hate the response of it's too
3: expensive. I've always load that. There's so much money like just being wasted oh hey we just built this uh, aircraft carrier that's gonna sit and be docked forever because the, the military <laughs> thought it was fucking cool I to make so, it i saw I that fucking it's so infuriating <laughs> it's it's just like such a fucking phenomenal waste of money when like you could be like, i've always said that too or it's like why wouldn't you like the military budget is already so insane and we already have so much firepower and we already like even if we even if we cut it in half it would still be like so much higher than most other nations like combined sincerely so oh, we could dude. still have like oh we got to carry a big stick it's like you could still do that and, and cut it you could cat you could cut that stick in half and it would still be a big stick oh like well, you really could 10 times and, over yeah and the fact that that money isn't going to nasa or going to just like basic fucking just normal oh hey uh yeah we can we'll build this uh we'll build this uh aircraft carrier but uh oh you're a veteran uh no healthcare for you, sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy to me. That is that is right. that blows my fucking mind. But no yeah, I
0: the state of NASA is really depressing. If there were brown people on the moon to bomb, NASA would get all the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right. You're right. That's so, you could so drone strike from the moon. <laughs> My we got, God, we'd be all somebody, over the moon. Are you kidding somebody, me? If, somebody needs if to. If we found out the aliens were Mexican or something, or not Mexican, Arab or something like that, we would be uh, all all over them. You know what you know, they need?
3: They need. You know what they need? They need to make sure the the next guy who goes to the moon has to has to be in on something. Where like he has to land on the moon, and he has to radio. He has to go, guys, oil. I found oil. We'd be there in three days. Can you we imagine? Would, if there was oil on the moon, we'd be there t- today, probably. L- by by sundown. We'd
0: be there. We'd <laughs> find, out we had, we find out we actually have this teleportation technology. we just get yeah, there. Yeah. Instantly. It's like <laughs> the Philadelphia experiment. Dick like Cheney appears in a crater. It's like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> the horrors. Yeah, it's like we have all of these things that we can be doing. We have impoverished southern neighbors, not even Mexico, but like the, the, the countries below that that are just funneling people here that are desperate economic migrants and all of this. And we have all these water issues in the United States and food instability and just a healthcare crisis. There's millions, tens of millions of un, uh, un, uninsured people. All, pe- people can't take the time off when they have children yeah it's it's, it's, just it's it's like what the fuck dude
3: it's a lot of um kind of like sweeping things under the rug literally forever because like a lot of problems are just like too difficult or or require too much brain power to deal with it's kind of like how um there's a great episode of south park that kind of like satirized this a little bit would uh when south park gets invaded by the homeless people and then they just bust them all to california (laughs) <laughs> which is like which is like literally not even an in- inaccurate. Yeah, <laughs> that's at- not fiction like, anymore. That's not that's not, that's not fiction at all. <laughs> it's literally it's what people just like, hey, you either you either go to California or you go like I, I can't remember what it was, like Guatemala or something. And it's like, right, I guess I'll we'll go to California. Uh but it's like it's it's always just like get this out of here. If it's an out of sight, out of mind kind of situation. It's like, no, if we just dealt with it, we'd be yeah. fine. Yeah, and just the inability <laughs> but nobody wants to, to, to deal with it because yeah, nobody wants to deal with it.
1: Nobody wants uh, to deal. You guys got me talking, mili- thinking militarily too. I I maintain like just come just with the U.S. military alone, right? I maintain that we have so much more than the average American even knows about technologically, oh yeah. right? So just come clean on what we have to kind of encourage the American people to say, you know what, let's let's put a little more money into you know, exploring space and it could be a deterrent to America's enemies, right? To say like, look, maybe we should back off. Maybe we could, you know, come together and compromise and have a little bit of, you know, in the spirit of world peace, right? But yeah, it's, it's especially when you compare the space budget to the military budget and Colin just put the figures out. Or any
0: budget to the military budget. It's just, it's just a, a totally ridiculous amount of money to spend. We are the most militarized society in the history of humankind. Sure. We can win. We would win any conventional war if we really had to, if we had to do what was necessary to win those wars. I make fun of us all the time for tying in Korea and getting beaten in Vietnam and stuff. But the reality is, is if it was total war in Vietnam, we would have won that war in about a week. You know, we don't fight wars like that because that's an inhumane way to fight. And you're not going to fight like that unless you're in an existential crisis. So if you're if you're half hearted about it, it makes you question why you're even involved in it at all and why we don't take heed of those various warnings from history to not get back into those ruts of militarism simply because I feel like, first of all, Dakin, you're absolutely right. I've I've said in the past, if war popped off, I think you would find out the United States was breaking many treaties as far as how many weapons we have in space, of which we're supposed to have zero, mm-hmm. how many nuclear weapons we've spread all over the planet, of which we're not supposed to be proliferating them outside of our submarines and certain allies. I think you would find out a lot of really fucked up things, including Missile defense systems that would probably make the Iron Dome look like a joke. Um, so that's one thing. But I also think that the United States should just have a military posture where we clearly and obviously have the best train. And I'm not saying we do or don't. But in this hypothetical situation, we are military is clearly so powerful that you would never want to fuck with it. And then we just never use it.
3: Right. Yeah, exactly. And, that,
0: and that's it. We get out of all of these entangling alliances, N- NATO, it's like. It's just so weird, like these things that were created to fight another enemy that doesn't even that didn't exist basically anymore. And then it just propagates these old ways and these old wars and gets us sucked into all these conflicts instead of just doing good things around the world. And and then you see these I've often reflected, like we probably should have sent Marines in Rwanda in the 90s and we didn't do that because we were too busy doing shit in other parts of the mm. world where like you're really needed and then you use those assets and then you can't really get involved in places where you're supposed to be. So I just think we're all twisted and militarized and messed yeah. up and I hate it. I I hate it. It's not the way the, the United States didn't have the world's most powerful military until around World War One and really after World War One, it wasn't like this constant thing that always existed. Like you said, Chris, oceans are what kept us safe and and peaceful neighbors. So yeah. it's it's not like we it's not like we are in Eastern Europe or anything like that, and I just, but you know what, Dagan, you know what the other side of the coin is? What's funny is that I can imagine a situation, it would be like almost like a comedy, like a black comedy would be, we were invaded, and you find out we are completely <laughs> Like, it's totally, people have been siphoning off trillions of dollars for years, and it's it's just all smoke and mirrors, and we actually have no power at all. That would be yeah. actually a funny comedy.
3: That, that would be about gonna... like a like the invasion <laughs> of the United
0: States from, like, the eyes of, like, these guys that are learning, and, like, this platoon that they, they have no power. It's like it's like Weekend at Bernie's but with the military. <laughs>
3: right, right. It's exactly. Just like, look at our look at our uh, look at our nuke and it's a cardboard cutout it blows over in the wind. I think um yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah, I like how you brought up the the idea of a half-hearted war. Like because that's so accurate, but also just like how imagine getting in imagine starting a war in a half-hearted way. Like the way you would walk into a target
0: is how you initiate it. That's crazy to me. Totally. That's the way we've done it for years. It's it's embarrassing. It's dude. It's no. I I, I think that the American hatred, America hatred is overblown in a lot of ways. And I don't think people really feel like that a lot in the West, as much as people might act or say they do. But at the same time, can you blame anyone? I mean, if I grew up in Yemen, getting American bombs dropped on me by the Saudi fucking military my entire life, I'd be like, well, yeah, yeah. Sure. What is what? And, and and by the way, these two governments don't even like each other. So that's how sadistic it is. It's all because of oil. oil. It's yeah, so yeah. weird. Well, this is
3: why we, we kind of make the distinction when we can, like whenever we're talking about Tencent on, on sacred symbols. It's like, you know, to be obvious, I mean, to reiterate an obvious point, we're talking about governments here. You know, we're not talking about like a, not the I don't people. Think, yeah, there's no I, I don't think anybody would have reasonable qualms against the Chinese people because they're just no, an, ancient, people under a an ancient
0: civilization. I mean, totally beholden yeah. to this horrible ideology of which I think it's going to start to break soon. Yeah, I, we'll think, so I, I think people said I that think in the so 80s, too. too, and it didn't end up happening. But um, so anyway, I just I, that's uh, Dustin, is there anything I haven't heard from you in a while? Is there anything you wanted to add before we move on to Dagan's topic? No, the final topic.
2: No, I think uh, right. I think I'm good.
0: Um, all right, excellent, Dig. Let's go on to you then and hear the final topic of our first show here.
1: All right, so <laughs> now I don't have a solution to this, but in a cathartic way, I want to share this with you guys. There's two things that have been haunting me lately. One is the earthquake bed, which I just found out about, and we'll save it for a future topic. Apparently, <laughs> it's not a new thing. Wait, uh, what are you saying? The, what are you talking? Do, have you heard of the earthquake bed? No. Okay. I'm gonna save this for a future topic. You guys could right, look gonna, it up. It's right. it's basically my worst nightmare come to pass. And <laughs> apparently apparently it's about twelve years old. It's not it's new to me, but I'll save it for the future topic.
3: The other thing oh, that's been okay. haunting <laughs> me.
2: The this, other I'm thing that's really been haunting
3: haunt. <laughs> The other thing that's been haunting me, he, he Colin, Colin goes, Let's come up with some topics and Diggins like a list of things that haunt me. <laughs> list of things yeah. that haunt me. Especially <laughs> in twenty twenty-two. <laughs>
1: So (laughs) so this is something that I've I've been thinking about for a long time. And I actually get curious as to why I never hear anybody else talking about this. It's and again, I don't have a I don't really don't have a solution to this, but it's really a maddening aspect of life to me. And that's the fact of how can we ever really discover our true talents, right? Like in other words, everybody has I, I maintain that everybody has hidden talents. There are so many things right? So many activities, so many different things you could partake in, sports, music, different artistic talents, whatever activities that one can pursue. There's no way any one human being could possibly try out a quarter of these things. So how do we, I think it's a great tragedy that so many of us are going to go to our graves, not knowing probably the thing or the things that we could have been really great at. Because how do we how do we test that? You know what I mean. What are those things that we're really a virtuoso at, or have a have an ability or a chance to be a, a virtuoso at that will just go unheralded, right? That
0: will well, go unknown.
2: Well, yeah. so, let me ask you this. Yeah, let please, me ask you this. Up. Please,
0: because you have you ever had a brush with something in your life where you you thought that that could have been not skateboarding because you've always been good at that, but you were always a good artist from the very beginning and cultivated by our grandfather and all that. Yeah. And so you always knew you were good at that. But did you ever have a brush with anything that made you wonder this? That's a really interesting point because art was kind of brought
1: to me by our grandfather, right? And it happened to be something that I was pretty good at inherently. So I almost got lucky. But he could introduce me to anything. And who knew, you know, maybe he introduces me to crocheting And I suck at it, right? Even with skateboarding, it's a weird example because that was the first time I found something that I really loved to do and I wanted to pursue it. But that was less, probably less talent and more just putting in the work of something of like that clicked with me that I really wanted to get better at. So I put in the blood, sweat and tears, you know, but how many things like I never tried building sculptures out of food. I never tried knitting. I never tried shuffleboard. Like how many things, right? I never mm. really mm-hmm. tried tennis. I never tried playing the trumpet, right? So, and I, I I'll, let me, let me rewind. Play the skin let me rewind because <laughs> yeah, you guys sorry, are, you guys gross. are all much younger than me. So, mm, yeah. and again, I don't want to play up the old man angle too much, but again, it's going to come up a lot. 2022, I've been midlife crisising all over the place. Okay. Oh, yeah. And Colin knows this because we talk about it a lot on knockback. It just happens to be like you know I'm I'm reaching my 50s soon. Like it's just it's just the way it's going.
0: That's know? insanity. That's fucking nuts. It's
1: crazy. Oh, it's so it's so crazy. That. I thought I would have r- really kind of like fizzled out in a in a in a ball of fire by now in the blaze of glory, but I haven't. <laughs> Still here. So and a lot of it has to do with my career because you know I work in entertainment. I work in animation. 2023 will be 25 years and i love it you know i love to draw i love animation i love animating but the business side of it is harrowing i mean it's a it's a tough business getting laid off working short contracts constantly looking for work relying on word of mouth like it's a grind you know the career aspect could be a real grind very rewarding when you're doing it but it never seems like you make your bones. It seems like it's just a never ending cycle of like chasing down leads and chasing down work. And it's, you know, I've been doing this since my early twenties. So a lot of it has to do with well, what else would I be good at? You know, what else could I have done? And not in a regretful way, but more of like, Oh, I wonder what else I could have. I would have been good at, or I would have clicked with a lot of times. I think I would have been a good doctor Oh, my wife laughs at me because I hate blood, but, I'm just thinking from a bedside manner capacity, which is
0: not the way to think about it. They would it. call you in when something bad happened and they'd be like, You gotta just explain to this guy that Listen, he's gonna die. That's yeah. the, that's your, fo- that's right, your doctor. Right. That would be because I don't have the <laughs> yes. intelligence for the other aspects of it, let's be honest.
1: But you know, I think about that stuff all the time. And then it just gets those wheels in motion of like, all right, what you know, it's kind of a kind of a human tragedy. Like we could never a lot of us are just gonna go to our deathbeds not knowing what we would have been great at. And it's kind of a silly argument too because just being good at something doesn't mean you're going to enjoy it or it's going to be gratifying or fulfilling in some way. Yeah. But I wondered if you guys had this, have you guys ever had this train of thought? And uh what it, you know, if you can think of something, you guys are all good at what you're good at. You all have your talents, but are there those things that you suspect or maybe <laughs> something you want to pursue? Yeah. Hmm. I feel like for me, I
2: there there are people that are naturally gifted or good at things. And I've always felt very jealous of that because, and to your point, Dagan, maybe I've never found it, but I've never felt naturally good at anything in my entire life, which is fine because I found things that I enjoy. And then I decide to pursue them. and And it, you know, at that point you can put in the time to do it, whether it like for me, I figured out I liked editing by messing around with video game clips with windows movie maker at a very young age and that kind of set me yeah. on a certain direction
3: literally and same.
2: i started podcasting with some I, with the joke that i made earlier some friends i had heard podcasts and thought oh we can do this sure. and we did and and it you know it wasn't great it wasn't horrible either but it, it set me on a path of that with the ten thousand hours whatever where you learn to do something and get there good go. at it and so yep For me, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's like a a blessing and a curse in that I don't feel naturally good at anything, but I feel good about the things that I am good at because I put the time in. I guess there there are some like less serious things where in high school I I had a teacher told tell me that I had a particular gift for pottery for like throwing pottery on a wheel. That's hard to do. He's like, you are naturally good at this. I was like, oh, cool. I like doing it. I, I wasn't in love with it. So I did it for that time, and I've always thought about it. I'm like, could I be this great pottery artist? But but you're right, Dagan, in that I don't... I, like, I enjoyed that, but not nearly as much as I enjoy talking about video games and mm-hmm. playing video games and, and making that my life. So I don't know. Maybe there is some weird... Like, maybe I could be the world's best yo yoer or something. I've never... I guess not. I've tried yo I'm not not good at it. But it is interesting to think about, like that that hidden thing, that one thing that you've never tried. Maybe you are the best in the world, and you just don't, or maybe you don't even enjoy it, and you don't know.
3: So it's hard to say. It is. Yeah, it is. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting thing to think about. I feel like I've feel like I've had a lot of run-ins with things like that. Like I was really good at baseball when I was a kid. My dad, like, kind of like my. I I would say my parents, but I'm pretty sure it was mostly my dad wanted me to do it because it's just what it's just it's just a thing for Hispanic dads. Mm. Like they th- they think their kid's gonna be a Rod or something, <laughs> uh, and so and so they, they 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 threw me into baseball, and I was really good at it, but I hated it. Like I I wouldn't really try them. I was just really good at. I just understood how to hit. I understood how to catch. I I didn't have a good arm, so I couldn't really like throw it very far. But I was good at. I was good at I was good at hitting. I was good at um, catching the ball. I was fast, that's so I was a hard really sport. good at it. It is. It's. I mean. Very hard it, sport. I mean. I. I. Uh, yeah. Probably. I. I was playing like a little league. You know. So <laughs> who knows? But hitting but that like a tiny sport. ball with that
1: skinny stick. I mean, that's the hardest. I argue I, that's I, the hardest thing you could do in sports.
3: Yeah, I, I had. a I was like really, really good, and and, and people wanted. Uh, my dad wanted me to do it, and probably wisely. I, I think it's probably like. Probably a good idea, but like I just didn't like it. Like I I was miserable. I just like it's just like uh who are these people? I hated working in a team with like people that I didn't know or really get along with. It was just like it's like who are these people? Like we 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 are only friends because we are around each other and that's it. You know, like that, that was like how I felt about my baseball team. It was like, I, w- I would not under any circumstances want to play a video game with these people or like <laughs> hang out with these people. Like this, it, and, and that, that irritated me because I had to spend so much of my time doing the thing that I was good at with people that I didn't like. Oh, so it was just like, it was just, it was this double combination of just like, ah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I feel like what's, what's good about now, right? Um, what's good about the, the era that we live in now is, is that, if there is something, if there is some niche thing that exists out there you could find it and you could try it It, it's not out of reach in the same way that it used to be Mm. and so I think it's a lot easier for people to find what it is like I found editing really really early and I loved it immediately like I think it was like 9 or like 8 when I started editing on like Windows Movie Maker I would like take GIFs from Google and like try and sequence them to a song and I, I learned like overlays and how to how to like do two takes of something and audibly like kind of put it over one another so it sounded naturally like we were like and I I had a lot of fun with that when I was like eight or nine or or ten and so that was like something that I I came to kind of um, kind of unnaturally because my parents were not movie people like my dad liked watching movies but he had no interest in filmmaking he didn't know like he he wasn't he he didn't know like directors by name or anything he just know like I like Platoon I like this movie I like that movie Um, but I mean you said something earlier that kinda of like um that caught my attention, Dagan, where you where you mentioned like you know, you like really love art and and animating, uh, but the business side is harrowing. Ugh, and, and that's that's that is honestly I think that the saddest part of that is that I feel like that's how a lot of people feel about exploring new things in the first place, mm. because like I, I feel that way about mostly like even even YouTube, like it, it used to be a lot more fun than it is now because there's there's a huge infrastructure. There's a huge business around it. It just doesn't feel creative in the same way, even though you're doing the exact same thing, like the, the motivations change, the reasons change. Um, you know the ecosystem around it changed the world changes sure and but the business remains so staunchly rigid and so painfully boring that like I think I, I think a lot about like because I'm I'm pretty good at music I think like I I, I, I know how to play a, a decent array of instruments I, I I can competently write songs and I can competently sing but then That's part of awesome. me is like but then part of me is like do I really want to like, start that business do i like do, do i really want to get involved in like the paperwork of that like that that's genuinely where my mind goes like i'm already doing paperwork for this thing that right. i that i love and have loved for a long time and i hate doing that so like good <laughs> lord like getting involved in like just the bureaucracy of, of that and then like trying something else and like if i if, if i am successful at it like jesus christ like that's a whole <laughs> nother problem
2: well chris i feel and like it, the problem and because i have the same problem is that we can't just fucking enjoy things it's like no we, we can't just you can't just write your own music and enjoy it I can't you can't just get into something and just be like oh this is a fun little hobby it's like no I must be the best at it or I
3: must make money from it I don't know if yeah, you you have to yeah. make money from it because your time is so limited right mm. and and like like if I just had if I could have a cushy existence just like doing exactly what I loved to do I, feel, I honestly maybe this is a little controversial I, I really do feel like the 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 impetus to kind of like get out there and work is is, is obviously it's, it's, it's important to develop a good work ethic, but I do feel like a lot of people who are meant to contribute something else are unable to reach that potential because they're like, you know, they're like working for fucking ever. They're working like eight jobs or whatever the fuck like is the sure. crazy fucking and it's like like how many people would have been like amazing groundbreaking artists, but they didn't have the time. Or they yeah. just weren't, or they just weren't in a in a place that was um, lucky enough or privileged enough to get the access to that equipment. I mean, not to say that people don't, you know, make it there anyway. Like for sure, there's obviously a ton of stories of people who came from nothing and like did amazing shit and did amazing art and did amazing work. Mm. But I think a lot about like the people who like um, even just the 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 general like uh, the business structure of IP and how that works. Like sure. You know, you have Marvel that exists, right? And and Marvel has to like get get this per, and they have to if they want to have a Spider Man story, they have to commission somebody to do a Spider Man story for them. But like, I'm, I think about like I wonder what somebody without the rights to Spider Man like how how like what amazing thing they could do with that character that they can't do because they're not you know you know what I mean like I feel absolutely. like absolutely yeah feel there's like, so
1: many limits
3: I feel like there's a lot of a lot of creative red tape around so much. And I don't know, it's it, it gets it gets a little demoralizing, I think, when, yeah. when everything when when you just sort of, you know, when you have to survive and when when what you do has to keep food on the table. There's there's It's there's that's good for a lot of people. But I think for a lot of people, it isn't. I think there's a lot of people who, who would who would make some of the most amazing shit ever, if not for the fact that they can't. Right. Only so they only so many hours in the day. Right, Only so exactly. many hours in the day, you know, I would love to, you know, I I would love to write more music, but I just, I don't have the time. Like I said, because, because create, and I think Dagan, you can probably relate to this too. Yeah. With, with art or, or anything that you do is like, uh, that uh you don't, you can't schedule creativity. You can't do that shit on like a nine to five. You can't like, Oh, wake up at 7am. I'm going to start being creative. And it just happens sometimes. Sometimes it'll happen at seven at night. And then you just got to run that train until it's empty. And then it's, and then it's like, seven AM the next day and you're like, well, fuck my my schedule, my week's ruined, but I got something amazing out of that that if I had waited, I would have lost the steam, I would have lost that fire, I would have lost the the inspiration to do it, and I would have second guessed it. Or like I would have had too much time to think too much about it. That's that oh, happens wow. a lot. Yeah. Where where you know you you think of something and you're like oh but i should go to sleep now because that's the healthy thing to do and then you wake up and then you look at what you did and you think like mm, that wasn't great and mm, toss it aside wait for the next thing when in reality if you would just hammered that thing out and actually started working on it that okay thing probably could have been pretty damn good um I'm preaching it's, the gospel man you're making so yeah. much sense oh it's, it's the creative
1: curse you know it really is yeah there's a lot too that's it there's a lot more i see you got just talking to you guys about it you know presents a lot more aspects than i even thought of you know
0: i was um sorry i'm taking notes here i was i was uh thinking too of the idea of well first of all i want to touch on the thing dustin you had brought up of forcing yourself to kind of How can you monetize this or how can you make content out of it? That is a curse that Mm -hmm. I think just comes from the nature of the way our brains work in this field. But I've really tried to force myself to just enjoy things. You might see Dustin, especially as the producer of this content that people often ask me, could we get you on a sports podcast? Could you do a sports, some sports coverage? Or can I play chess with you on chess.com or whatever? And I'm like, no, sorry. Like, you're not going to know my name on chess.com. I want to just enjoy it for myself I'm not going to talk about the Jets on shows I just want to enjoy football I mean it's hard enough to enjoy the Jets anyway and then I have to, t- and then I have to talk about it <laughs> that's for you <laughs> and so yeah like I try to ret- retain things for me and it's the same thing G.I. Joe I think is the thing that's actually getting closest to the boundary where I have these really great ideas for G.I. Joe content that I would do not with us but just another brand that I would do just something on the side for fun but it goes to the point Chris was making which is that there's just I can't even begin to fathom that Because one of the things I think I'm naturally good at is being an entrepreneur. I just think that that's something that, you know, I've owned several businesses and have grown these things and held executive positions in them and all that. And I never thought I'd find myself in the world that world. I think I just take to it naturally. And my my downfall in this space is always looking for the next thing that I think is big and knowing that there is money to mine in places and simply not having the ability to do it because I just don't have the time or the energy. Like, I don't have that fucking grind set energy anymore. I just don't. I'm 38. I worked so hard to get even anywhere near this position. I want to try to just chill for a minute. So a good example of that is I was going to start a publishing arm this this year, like straight up. Yeah. I'm going to start a, a book publisher. I know you were as we've discussed on the show. Yeah. And 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 it was going to be strategy guys and all of this. I was talking to all sorts of different vendors and people and trying to figure out the money and all that. And eventually I was just like, I can't, I was actually like having a nervous breakdown at some point. I was like, I can't not literally, but I can't do this. Like, there's just no way I can do this and still play video games and still do sacred symbols and being proficient at all of that. And obviously knock back. And now this show and just the general business of it. So I wanted to shout out, shout out, shout that out too. And the one thing I was, I wanted to ask you guys about is the different difference between. And if you see a difference between things you would have been good at and things you would have loved mm. because I think that and sometimes those things merge. Yeah, I was a very natural hockey player. I don't know how much I would have gotten past the college level if I tried, but I was good and was a natural skater and, and I loved playing the game. But that was a merging of being good and loving it where I don't think I was exceptionally good at it. I don't think I loved it more than anyone that played the game. But there and then there are things that I think merge there too with me like with chess where that's just a lifelong passion of mine that I brought with me all of these many years and dig you probably didn't hear it but I told the story on sacred symbols about how I, I, I talked about Graydon and how I just destroyed him <laughs> in chess when he was like eight years old and how fucking funny I think that story is um, so shout out to him of course as well but I, I just wanted to differentiate those two things because I think that there are things you could have been gravitated towards that you wouldn't have been good at or that would have been something that would have been a passion and vice versa and it kind of is a little bit of a scary thing to think about, all the the, the butterfly effects that didn't take place and all the things you missed. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, then, and then how you kind of fall into maybe a rut, in quotes, of the things you are good at. Crisis Core, as of the time we're recording this, just came to PS4. And I wrote the strategy guide for that game in 2008 at IGN. So last night I went and looked it up. And I was reading it a little bit. And I was like, this sounds like I just wrote this. This literally just sounds exactly like even my use of the double dash, which I love and all of the rest, like my the telltale things, it's all in there. And at some point, some point you wonder if you're just getting caught into these cycles. I am well past the 10,000 hour mastery mark in just two things, writing and podcasting. No mm-hmm, doubt. Mm-hmm. But those are not really those are one is pretty important if you use it, if you wield it. The pen is mightier, of course, but one is totally trivial. Oh, so it's not think even so. like I'm a good I'm a good welder or something. <laughs> you know? That's a thing, um, too. That's not trivial no no i'm saying no no I'm, what i'm saying is is that it's like i'm not no welding isn't trivial at all that's what i'm saying is that i'm not good at anything that's actually useful so but have you also considered the mm-hmm. idea that we're lucky enough to be in a space in in the history of humanity as lame as it is to talk about where no one could even imagine what we're talking about a few hundred years ago and certainly thousands of years ago right where specialization and the arts and even religion and all these things come from people not having to survive. Yeah, that's it. So we're kind of in a lucky space where it's like, well, I'm a gaming podcaster, but I would have loved to have been a fine artist. It's like, <laughs> shut up. You know? Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, you make this into an
1: art. I mean, you present a lot of interesting points, Kyle, because like you said, there's varying levels of, quote unquote, good. And then also, yeah, how does good being good at something stack up to that enjoyment, the fulfillment, the passion, the love of a thing? I do, I would argue that being adept at something, being especially adept at something, does play into the enjoyment because it's encouraging when you're good at something. I can think about skateboarding I found in eighth grade after spending an adolescence struggling with every sport and not making things and then playing football third string and being shitty at baseball and all the other things I enjoyed. Part of skateboarding, part of the allure early on was like, I got recognized for being good in in my school or whatever. You know, There Mm -hmm. were plenty of older kids that were better than me, but it was the first thing I discovered, I guess, besides drawing where it was like, oh, I think I might have a little bit of a knack for this. And then again, I had to work at it, but I wanted to because that initial encouragement, you know, for I'll, I'll also say this, you guys gave me a great idea because a lot of this for me comes out of sheer frustration with my career because I end up getting laid off or my contract ends or the season doesn't get picked up or the show gets canceled, whatever it is over the last, you know, two and a half decades. And I, I get to that point of frustration where it's like, you know, is it too late? And I've been dealing with this "is it too late" argument since my early twenties. It's like, is it too late to change course, find a new path, or whatever? And you know, that's what puts me on the road of thinking about what else would it be? What, you know, what else could you do? What else would you be passionate about doing? Or what what other things have been so far untapped that you could kind of, yeah, you know, unearth or whatever. But you know, I always go back to drawing. I always go back to animating. That's really my passion, and it's it's a, it's a comfort zone. But you guys, just having this conversation, maybe I do some sort of Richard Linkletter esque movie where I go oh. out and I try every single thing in alphabetical order. <laughs> now this would be a very long movie. This would be seasons long. But maybe. You know, I never did horseback riding, I never did mountain climbing, I never
3: did yeah, arbort yeah, keeping
0: I, would be first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and maybe I, don't I don't find know. that thing. Yeah, I know? mean
3: I I, I I I it's it's the best time I mean, in history to do that. Like now when you, we just have unprecedented technology. We have unprecedented access to information. It's like, if, if there was ever a time to have this crisis, it's now, <laughs> you know, like, you know, for, for real. Like, cause I, I think about that too. Like sometimes I think of like, I think there are things that I think I, I could do really, really well. Like, I think I could act really well, sincerely. Like mm. I, 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 like I, I look at acting. And I'm like, I, I can, I can cry on cue. That's not hard. Like I can do this. Like I really could do this if I really want, but I don't want to is the thing. Okay. Okay. So it's like, so it's like, but part of me is like, maybe I should just do it to try or, or, or just any number of other like I think I'd be I used to do woodwork a lot when I was younger and I was really good at that, too. Like and even now, sometimes like I'll buy furniture and I'll, 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 it's like really satisfying to put it together, even if it's just like basically like glorified Legos. But sometimes I'm like, I wish I sometimes it's not like level enough and it's like, God damn, I wish I could just like build the piece that I need, but I don't have any of the space or any of the equipment to do that. And I know that I could do that um and and little things like that but there's always time and there's such an endless mm. array of things to try and and what, what's good about that too is that the, the pool is so big that you can kind of like sift through to the stuff that you have a, like a natural kind of um eye for or mm. something that calls out to you immediately and it's just like all right we'll narrow it down to those and see like all right maybe i'll try that like you mentioned horseback riding out of, out of nowhere is that something you wanted to do no, I'm just thinking sheer mm. like,
1: and, and this is kind of shallow, right? Because again, like maybe I, I jump on a horse and, you know, I'm like 1965 cowboy, you know.
0: You're like a Sioux riding a saddle. I'm like, <laughs> like bareback, <laughs> like shoe narrows, <laughs>
1: but maybe I hate it, you know, but there's something magical and I don't know, you know, this could be my complete childlike ignorance, but there's some, there's just a magical idea. It's almost humorous. Where it's like, if you have that, if you find that thing, as soon as I hop on that horse or as soon as I climb that mountain or milk that cow, like whatever it is, right? Like, is it automatically going to be apparent that I'm a genius at this thing? There's I believe something... that you'd be
0: good at milking cows. <laughs> I
1: think I'd be good at that. You know what yeah, I mean? I, believe, I, got...
0: I think you got that motion down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, be, I'd be a um, great dictator.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There you go. Benevolent or, or malevolent? Dictator, benevolent, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. We
3: need that's more the of first sign. That's the first. That's the first sign. Is like you have to believe that you're benevolent.
0: Ah. You know, I've been listening to this. Um, this. I can't remember the guy's name actually. Uh, I've been listening to a few of these podcasts with this guy, who is, per, he's a, an academic, but he basically makes the argument for why the United States needs a monarchy, oh. or like some sort of dictator, basically. That's crazy. And it's. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember the guy's name. Huh. That's um, wild. And it's like he, boy, his basic premise is that nothing can get done unless you empower some ruling person to just make decisions. Like he's like things are just not, and and it's I I don't agree with it, but it's it's a uh, he he's like a fellow at some think tank. I, I'll find his name um, if people are interested. But uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, oh Dustin, do you have something to say? Let's yeah, to I say. do. Yeah.
2: But I I just because was Dagan was talking about. You know, leaving what you being discontented and, and leaving, going, finding that thing. And I was thinking, I was like, I think I actually have the exact opposite problem as Dagan right now mm. <laughs> in that I live in constant fear of having to do something else, like doing <laughs> a real job, because yeah, to too. be honest, I've never really had a real job before this. I was a, a video editor. And like the hardest thing i had to do was film other people working hard at like a steel mill like you know it was for the most part desk job go out on shoots or whatever and so for me it's almost like oh man i gotta do whatever i can to make sure i never have to go out and find something else i'm good at because i finally (laughs) found something that i was lucky enough to even get a job in i mean i had the skills to back it up i'm not saying that i'm worthless or anything like that but it was lucky that I was able to land a job doing this kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's interesting. Um, Hopefully, you know, and maybe it's just the, the nature of the business, but hopefully I can enjoy this for a long time and not feel the need to go out. But I guess that's the thing about the difference between we're talking about the different creative fields is that like right now we're at last stand very blessed that we don't have to be owned by anybody and have Mm -hmm. to deal with, a extreme. I mean, we have to deal with business realities, but whereas, Dagan, from your perspective, talking about animation stuff, it like that that hustle of of finding the next thing always like that. That's almost why. That's part of the reason why when I was looking at going into film stuff, something that I had no interest in. It's like oh, work in like insane for for a month, and and that like you're about to die, and then have no job for another yeah. month while you're looking for the next. I'm like <laughs> ah. I think I'm just gonna not do that while I'm thinking about it. I'm just gonna it's smart.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a hellish, hellish uh, field. Honestly, it's like it. I, I you you say that uh, because you said, "Oh, I've never had a real job." It's like uh, it's you're not you're not missing much. It's not fun. Right. in, yeah. so, in some ways In some ways, I, I do kind of because uh, I, I was doing that for a while too, like videographer, like videographer and, and, and stuff like that. And like, yeah, it, it, sometimes it was like, oh man, I I'm, uh, I'm probably gonna have to eat light this week. But at the same time, I really preferred that life to, to fucking working at Sears, where I mm, where I knew yeah, that sure. I could uh, where I and I knew that I could live like somewhat impoverished. <laughs> but like still kind of like, you know, oh, I could go home and I, I knew when my next paycheck was coming. I knew exactly how much it was. There was a predictability about that. That was like really safe and, and comfortable. Right. But fuck man. Like it was so soul crushing and, mm-hmm. and uh, just wildly. Um, I, I think there is a general, like a natural, I think there's a natural incentive for people almost to put themselves on a back foot. Because I think there's something that happens. I I think that's probably like evolutionary, evolutionarily speaking, too. I think it's just like how our ancestors existed for so long. where It's like we got to worry about we got to get food like we got to get food. And that's just like in a weird way, that's that's where people are most comfortable. I don't think there's like a I don't think there's a, a caveman out there ever who is like, I'm feeling fucking depressed today. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I genuinely like I don't think cavemen got depressed. I don't think they could. I don't think they, I don't think they had the, the privilege of of sitting and ruminating on the fact that, you know, their time is limited. And, and, you know, like all this, all this like really depressing shit. They just had to go and get shit done. And not that that's like a better existence, but I do think there's some psychological thing where, you know, when I was going job to job and not knowing what the hell was going to come next or when the next time I would really be able to afford a nice meal, there was something um, very engaging about that. Um, I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore, but I, I, I could easily do that again. I could easily be like, you know what? I'm going to go make a movie. I'm yeah. going to go make a movie. I'm going to do nothing but make this movie. It's not. It's probably not going to make me any money for a good two years and i'll just have to be really really <laughs> really really frugal for a very very long time until this is done but i could easily do that you like, could choose it, that yeah 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 no, not, and i'm not saying i could easily do that in the sense that like oh i, I i'm so well off now I, I just mean like just generally like if i was in a position where like it, it would be difficult to do that mm-hmm. and it would be like difficult to kind of Project when I would have like a good Meal again I could I could do that Because that lights a fire yeah, man that lights A fire and in, in a way that like definitely. I still have
0: I still have Yet to experience I totally agree with you that the like my life As a freelance writer was a lot Like that with a lot of unpredictability and not really Knowing but the grind and there was a passion There I just it's like another life like I can't even Imagine living like that anymore I, I do say that and This is why I always try to I try to leave everyone That works with me and for me alone but uh, Generally speaking but I do try to impress on people that everyone should be taking care of themselves as much as possible. Like just save your money, set yourself up, do the like do whatever you want. But I'm encouraging. I encourage everyone to buy a house, just solidify your life because it really does free you up. The more and more you put those roots down or try to make the right decisions, then you can open yourself up to these other opportunities. Like I'm really blessed in, at this point in my life to. Like I'm, I, I knock on wood, but it's like I'm pretty much uncancelable. Like I I just inoculated myself from a certain way of doing things. And even if people went after my Patreon or something, which I have a great relationship with Patreon, I don't know that that would ever happen. But even if that happened, like we would, it would hurt. We would lose a majority of our income, but we would survive in some way. You know, like it's see, it feels. That's why I always try to tell people, like just try to. Get your arms around the basics. And and I always say, as Chris and Dustin are leaving their 20s, like that's the time when you really want to leave it all on the field, in my opinion. Like mm. I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong. I'm so glad I sacrificed my 20s at the altar of work because it worked out great and it might not have worked out that way. But it definitely I definitely sacrificed a lot and definitely didn't have a very social life Although I lived in it, I worked in a social environment, so it didn't really feel like I was missing anything. Oh, I was yeah. friends with the people I worked with. We had camaraderie and all of that in a brotherhood. That's good point. Um, but uh, I've never worked a, a a real job either since I was in college. I was a landscaper, as people know, and a groundskeeper, and that was as real as it got because those guys were, were real blue-collar workers that I worked with. Um, but I do like this one idea of the three of us, and not Dagan, but the three of us rediscovering kind of our musical um, love recently. I bought a drum kit, as I told people recently, and uh, I haven't had a drum kit since college. That's awesome. It's just a little jungle jazz kit. Very small, small bass drum imprint. All of the rest, not a rocket. I don't have I have the room for it, but I don't want to have like my I used to have like a Gibraltar rack and, and with all <laughs> my cymbals on it and like, you know, rack toms and all these things. I don't have any of that anymore. So it's cool that we're all learning that. And I, I it's so funny because I thought of an awesome band name the other day, and I could not believe that it was not taken. Really? I'm almost afraid to even say it on the show. Should I? Yeah. No. Uh, wait, you <laughs> said no. Save it. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you guys. when we're, I'll tell you guys when we're off, because people will st- we'll steal it. Type it. Type it in the thing. People might say, oh,
2: okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. And then we oh, can do the audience hates us right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh,
3: wow. Yeah, that's good. That's a really that's good. A great, that's a great man. name, right? I yeah. couldn't believe
0: that that wasn't taken. Yeah, and sucks, uh, sucks for you guys listening. <laughs> but, uh,
3: it's, but trust
0: me, but trust me, it's pretty good. It's I like pretty it. good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like I like it, too. So um, but uh, yeah, so uh, this is an interesting conversation. I think it just gets into the all the many what ifs, the philosophical angle of existence. And it's like you were saying, Chris, the, the caveman, the caveman might have been self-aware, probably was and probably did have some sort of existential crisis, but it but didn't even understand it as such. I think that's where. Things like religion and all of this even come from in the first place is to describe, like, right. why are you, what is this fucking crushing feeling? And I was like, oh no, that's anxiety. <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're waking up really worried, but oh no, I'm just <laughs> describing myself, of course. The caveman. You're absolutely right. He wasn't depressed yeah, till
2: he found the sonic on the wall.
0: Oh, that yeah, someone yeah. else
2: left before him as we discussed earlier. Yeah, that this was kind of that was the beginning of depression actually. It's like yeah. Stargate,
0: Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's getting deep.
3: That's why they buried it. That's why no one refuses to dig into it. It's because <laughs> it's because it's the birthplace of depression. Right. We don't know what else. <laughs> What wow. other ailments lie beneath the sands of fucking Sumeria or <laughs> wherever the fuck that chamber is. <laughs> it's
0: insane. By the way, I wanted to say before we go that the person I was talking about before if anyone wants to read more about him is Curtis Yarvin mm. And mm. it's pretty interesting. He's done some interesting interviews. I don't really here's how they describe what I was saying before And this is on Wikipedia. In Yarvin's view, Democratic governments are inefficient and wasteful and should be replaced with sovereign joint stock corporations whose shareholders elect an executive with total power, but who must serve at their pleasure. The executive unencumbered by liberal democratic procedures could rule efficiently, much like a CEO monarch. So that's like basically his whole position. It's 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 interesting just because he earnestly argues it and actually frames it and sets it up as like this is how it This and I'm like wow this is a crazy I didn't know that there was like anyone in more of the mainstream academia that was openly anti-democratic so it's just that's the beauty of living in America is you can listen to that shit yeah Yeah. and and I'm sorry Chris you were gonna say something
3: no I was just being because it reminds me of like uh, in in the middle of COVID when when China built that hospital in three days and it's like (laughs) it's like yeah you could you could probably you probably
0: get a lot done when you don't have to worry about basic human rights when your family's hot being held hostage. And by the way, what's interesting is that it, they, they continue here. Where is it? 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 Yarvin admires Chinese leader Deng Xiaoping for his pragmatic and more market-oriented authoritarianism. And the city state of Singapore as an example of a successful authoritarian regime. I bring up Deng Xiaoping because he was the he was the premier of China in the 70s and into the 80s. But he was recently disappeared. I don't know if you did you guys see that video? No, they like that video. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a video of the of the Communist Party meeting in China and like guards come in and take this guy away. And no one's ever like that. Like, what did he do? You can see the video of it. I think they're just they're just purging him. Oh, shit. Um, Wait, what's the video? What's it called? It's uh, if you just look up. Um just like up Deng Xiaoping. And what like being, you know, um, something will come out, come out for him. I'll put it up in, in here for you. Video. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. And so I just thought that that was funny. Like he, the guy he admires is the dude that was just disappeared from even the Chinese authorities, like he wasn't extreme <laughs> enough, even for oh those. My God. <laughs> That's terrifying. Uh. Um, But I'll find a link for you when we're done. Chris. Yeah, can, I'm fucking really curious about that. Um, yeah, because the video is crazy. You seen it, Dustin? Yeah, I have seen that. I remember when it yeah. happened, I was like, whoa. Yeah. It, like Escorted you see like out. shit like that. Nothing, nothing is so... coming up when I I'll, when I searched. For... I might have the wrong guy's name, but I think it's him. That's heavy. Um so all right. Well, that was that was the first episode of Constellation. What did we think about that, Dagan? How'd it go? How'd you feel?
1: I feel great. You guys inspired me. I'm gonna do this movie. <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Chris, how do you feel about the first episode? I like it. I think
3: uh, I, I like any anything that's a little bit uh, free form like this. I, th- I think too. I think some of the best uh, some of the best podcasts have some sort of um, improvisational element. I think we do a lot of that in the beginning of sacred. That's why it's weird to me when people are like, "Oh, uh, the video game stuff is in the is
0: is an hour in or whatever." And it's like, yeah, it's because we're. <laughs> It's because we're doing good work. We're stretching <laughs> our one, and, Dude, it's like the psychopaths that that listen to the podcast at like two times speed. It's like, you got your, that's crazy. Oh, shit. Yeah, crazy.
1: That exists. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Whoa. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin, mm-hmm. how do you feel? I feel good. Uh,
2: I am sad because I'm sure that Chris and I won't be on this for a long time, many, few months, guessing, because there will be different permutations. So that's I'm right. Sad. I wasn't thinking about that. I don't, yeah. I don't know if
1: I like that.
3: Well, then we'll have. Well, why? Why then we'll have a lot to mine. I'm know? just
2: what we'll do. It'll be like that, uh, like in China. We'll just escort some people out of the company. You know, just take them away because yeah, now yeah.
3: and uh, Chris and I will be permanent co-hosts. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing if like, we had the if we had the budget for that? We just we, like at the end of every episode, we have like six people in each of our rooms getting like dragging us off camera. <laughs> now, <we can>.
2: now <laughs> the one thing I'm excited about. Also, I want to point out is just seeing the comments talking about how fucking wrong colin and chris are about this hot water business i'm oh. still hung up on this hot water equals dry skin steam dry skin. the fuck are you talking about chris steam what do you mean giving you moisturizing your skin <laughs> i can't you, believe this what do you mean this is what, wait, what you this was about? your argument from earlier you're like but oh it, wait, you want to have dry skin the
3: moisture in the air from the steam it it is damp as hell in a hot shower. Because my guy. you're damp doesn't isn't going to no the, project <laughs> throughout your skin for the so rest rich. of the day. No, here here's the thing. I have never sincerely. I I moisturize because it's 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 literally just like ingrained in me. Hmm. Never once have I like walked out of a, sh- a a hot shower and been like, man, my skin's real dry. Or never I- in general have I had like really dry skin at all. Hmm. Like maybe when I was living in when I was in Arizona for a couple weeks, and I was like, "Oh my God, how do people live in this arid fucking?" <laughs> it's arid. It is. It, it is a. I, I think I joked about it to one of my cousins who lived there. It was like they is that they call it Arizona because it's an arid zone. Is that why they did? Is that why it's called <laughs> Arizona? Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I I I just I've just never experienced that. Like I don't know. I've hmm. just I've never had my skin has never been dry, and I I take I boil. I boil I don't think you understand like you really need to envision like a witch's cauldron oh that makes me so uncomfortable you're very
2: blessed I'll say that it's already dude I'm already I took a shower earlier today and I'm just I I even I moisturized and I still I feel bad it was a little too hot I think you
0: know yeah, you got to let yourself cool off first or you, you you start to sweat if you get out of the shower and moisturize too quickly. No, oh, yeah, that's how, do my even, experience. how
3: do you, but that's the thing. It's like, how do you not cool off immediately? Because the second you're in a hot shower and the second, that's what I used to hate about. When I was a kid, I used to hate like go, taking a shower. I used to hate like taking a bath, not even because I didn't like taking a bath or taking a shower, but because I hated getting out of it getting and being out. hit and being hit with that. Like, ooh, it's Antarctica all of a sudden. Drift, like I hated, I hated,
0: I hated that feeling. <laughs> Yeah, I just I stay in the shower like I just I keep the door closed, you know, in the shower stall. I have like a his and her shower in my master bathroom. I've so been it's in like that a, shower. A, you have been in that shower, which is strange with you You've videotaped in that shower, which is even stranger. Um, so I, I to me, I, well, you can probably relate because you work, you go to the gym and stuff. If I take a shower and then get out too quickly and then I, I the shower doesn't take as it were like you're still sweating. And hmm. it's just for me, it's just gross. But I've over ever since I started taking antidepressants, I overheat like crazy. Just, oh. I'm, I'm like totally overheating at all times. And I used to be I never I wasn't much of a sweater until I started taking um, my antidepressants, but I'll take them. That's that's totally fine. All right. By the way, I sent you the link in here. I have the name wrong. It's Hu Jintao, who Jintao, was, I guess, in charge after that. that oh, I did. see. But okay. you can read the story here if you want. OK. Um, all right. That's it. Well, I, I'm feeling pretty good about what we have here i think it's fun i think people are going to like it give us your feedback let us know what you think we've made this first episode free for everyone but future episodes are going to go on patreon and you'll get them early and ad free there just like our other shows patreon.com slash last damn media we appreciate you um that's it let's get the hell out of here guys all right until next time we'll uh i don't know how to close this one out we'll <laughs> we'll see you later see ya <laughs> uh go away
1: there you <laughs> go i like that
0: Constellation is a product of Last Stand Media and Colin's Last Stand LLC and is proudly recorded in the USA. The show was conceived by and is directed and hosted by me, Colin Moriarty. My co-host is my brother, Dagan Moriarty. The show is produced by Last Stand's executive producer, Dustin Furman, and is edited by associate producer, Ben Smith. All Last Stand theme music is by Ramon Narvaez, and all of our graphics and logos are by Dagan Moriarty. As you know, all of Last Stand Media's podcasts, including Constellation, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer level on Patreon, our highest support tier, and we're infinitely grateful for your thoughtful and kind contributions to our independent endeavor. Steven Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLV FMA, Daniel Diamora, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Malachi Wall, Dave Cowell, Donald John Vader, Steven Innerfield, Nate Izod, Harkeet Johnny Ellis, Albion, Logan Turner, Josh Sullinger, Madcats, Bloodborne Cart, Gunner117, Andrew Roman, Jacob Donovan, Eduardo Perez, My Name is Mayo, Taktrack, Eddie Medina, Jason Arzon, Christopher Knox, Sean Gulati, Grayson Maxwell, Cody Woodall, Blake Nesbitt, Sort of Serious Gaming, Colin Farley, Mark Arnold, Whiskey Sin, Zia Parix, Relentless Rex, Alan T, Drew Mullen, Christian R, Jad Rita, Patrick Scott, Kipper, Brian Hernandez, Espinosa, Remington Wilson, Dustin Graff, Zach Cohen, Peyton Stone, Josh Allen, Rui, John Keegan, Michael Buffel, Dan Root, Asak Paredes, Dante Sharp, Talisman, Christopher Morgan, Andreas Wessling, Randall Hulsey, Dio Ordai, Nuke Dukum, Jim Bob 56, William Holbert, Josh Godfrey, Kalike Souza, Vornak, Surf the Void, Ross Chandler, H-Trons, Trey Woodward, Antonio C, Jay Getter, Bjorn Campbell, Theo, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Silvinsky, Jordan Gale, of Fortuna, John Zeal, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadet, Poot, Gavin Newland, Alex Lapierre, Saul Balcazar, Berto 64, Raul Melendez, Eric Harden, Matt Flowers, Kinn, Joseph Baker, D.B. Winters, Kendrick Callis, Jimmy Rodriguez, Caswell, Dave Alvarez, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Mason Cadillac, Ali Fritz, Zach Alum, Kyle Hagel, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naaman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Stewie 108, Patrick Montgomery, D.B. Cooper, Richter 86, Todd B. Canning, Noah J. Stevens, Barrett Boswell, Christopher Devayo, Chris Morton, Johnny Waffles, Roto 24, Jonathan Coach, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Jordan Town, Brian Chan, Organic Produce, Carlos Algarit, Mike Menzel, James Hayes, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Juush, Martin Beck, Joey Andracek, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Jacob Bell, Dan, Dennis Yuzel, Ray Loper, Jonathan Cortez, Betty Ann Moriarty, John Schultz, Tom Quinn, Anton Kay, Alan Tremblay, Tyler Bello, Ryan T. Mandel, Pork and Beans, Tony Zuniga, Robbie Hensley, Shane Miller, Alex Cabrera, Corey Dustin, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vasquez, Adam Kiniston, William O'Carroll, Jorge Powell, Phil Krohn, Throw7, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gage Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, Lockmore, Gio Corsi, Joey Gonhalaker, Alex Monez, Gerald Pennington, Justin Payne, Justin Wagaman, Austin Riley, Paul Joyce, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Logan Willis, Shane Rayum, Spencer Brand, Don Lee, John Cordero, Ashley Cord Scarson peterson Ryan Greenwood, Tyler Harris, Patrick Harper, MadMock Media, Bo Burkholz, Jonathan Rice, and Casual Mistits Gaming.